um yeah dude the curse free tv i eventually found out how to turn it off dude that thing it wouldn't even like it would just take out words and then replace them with other like words you it know would replace it at the bottom of the screen it would like cut the sound completely yeah. and then it would put like a like a closed caption at the bottom and that would say like darn instead of shit or something like that and my favorite one was in the movie ice age sid the sloth says bon appetit <laughs> and for some reason it bleeped that out and said hug <laughs> appetit and i like didn't even know what the word bone like i didn't even know why <laughs> i was like hug appetit i'm like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> what is a hug appetit Welcome to another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Casey. I'm Sam. And I think you're just going to... Okay, there you go. You cheated it up yourself. You're part of this now, man. You're uh, (laughs) just... You got to throw your name out there when we get this thing going. I got to start practicing my catchphrase. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Meshed in. We should have have catchphrases. I think people would really resonate with that. People like that, right? Yeah. Shock jock style. You guys look dumbfounded. (laughs) Like, is he serious? (laughs) Well, I was just trying to think of what mine might be. Do you have one in mind for yourself? Nicknames? I don't. No, I don't come up with my own nicknames. I'm sorry. That's. Oh, I I feel like other people have to like, yeah. I think other people kind of have to pick one for you. I guess you pick your own catchphrase. You pick your own catchphrase. All right. I'll just have to start trying some out. I'd have nothing prepared. Yeah. (laughs) About like something like, ooh, that's going to hurt tomorrow. (laughs) I feel like Casey would be really good at coming up with catchphrases. Dude, I love the like generic uh, like plug-in identities of FM radio DJs. Yeah. Where it's like, it's Banana Mojo in the morning. (laughs) Boing. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. If you didn't get into sales, you would have killed it as a radio morning DJ, I think. I feel like if there was more money in it, I would make an attempt to jump that direction (laughs) even now. More money. I feel like it has to. Well, I guess it depends on the station you're with. If you're with some like local FM, whatever station, it's probably not the same as, you know, your Kiss 108s. Everybody has that, right? Is that? Yeah. uh, There's a few that are like everywhere. And then they're the broadcasts are nationwide. Uh, Those ones are probably doing pretty good. The, The schedule for morning radio is absolute garbage though like yeah it's like you're in it like four in the morning getting ready or even earlier getting ready for it like going over all your segments and shit like that it sounds like a, yeah I think lining up your nightmare. commercials that you talk for 30 seconds in between yeah, and you never i mean your pto schedule is terrible you get like one week off a year dude i i just love the uh how the like template for radio ads and stuff has never changed it's like nothing but the best rock. This ain't your grandpa's music. Q one hundred one point seven. The Edge. Yeah, <laughs> it has not. Uh, it is not. I, okay, can I start us off? I have a question I've been dying to ask. I thought we already right. started, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, can you tell us about Royal Rangers? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm guessing I'm the only Royal Ranger out of the group. Yeah, currently. Yeah. Yeah. You're currently. still a Royal okay. Ranger? Okay. 
Now, I, I was I, I almost went to a Boy Scouts meeting, but I left early because I had gotten a VHS of it of Aladdin, and I wanted mm-hmm. to watch that instead. <laughs> and my parents were like, <laughs> "You, you think we're here then? now? We're done with it. You're not. You don't get to be a Boy Scout." And I'm like, "I want to watch Aladdin." <laughs> so Royal Rangers, and I'm going to do this all off the cuff, so some of it might be wrong. Royal Rangers is the Assemblies of God version of the Boy Scouts, like to a T. They have Pinewood Derbies. They have the big Camparama thing. I'm, I think it's called like where a bunch of churches get together and all camp together. Um, the difference is, I guess it's vaguely cowboy themed. Like the youngest kids were the Buckaroos and then there were the Pioneers and then the Trailblazers, I think was the oldest group that caps out, you know, teenage eight years and then you don't want to do it anymore. Um, they have their equivalent <laughs> of Eagle Scout, which is the gold medal of achievement. And something tells me it doesn't carry the same weight as being an Eagle Scout when you're out in the world, though. That's very hurtful because you're speaking to a gold medal of achievement oh, shit. recipient right here. And I still is... have the hat. I have the hat downstairs. Oh, I don't I need remember to what see the medal this is. Hat. We're gonna post it's a, a white hat that says gold medal of it. It looks like a Vietnam veteran hat. Like it's that flat brim. It's got the little cord across the front, like the most boomer looking hat. And I've got a picture of me as a 12 year old <laughs> wearing it. Um, a lot of the merit badges are the same. Like it really is copy and paste Boy Scouts. So like there's the, you know, building fires and not tying and hiking and like overlanding stuff, finding Evicting your way with an indigenous people group. <laughs> <laughs> Late, later boy scouts not early boy scouts quite as much but then you have to add in all the the quasi spiritual ones too like there's the ones for reading books of the bible and for memorizing bible verses and you know every every it's the wednesday night church for boys so you have like your little devotional and you have snack time and then you have your lesson plan and then you go play dodgeball with each other like so is, that, is okay. it like the boy scout where you get one for keeping secrets <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, now i'm thinking casey just asked that question so he can keep that joke up he made that sort of all week he couldn't wait for it oh man <laughs> uh, no but we had we had we had some of those uh commanders they call them we had a couple of those commanders too okay <laughs> okay Commander Scamander. Was it, was, is that what its only divergence was from the Boy Scouts? Was literally just you would have because the Boy Scouts was Christian. We didn't, Casey. I think you brought this up. This why is this? This feels familiar. I think you mentioned you mentioned the what the heck were you? What were you? I wasn't anything. Eagle Scout? Eagle, no, not Eagle Scout. No, the oh, Royal... Gold, gold, medal, gold Medal of Achievement in the Royal Rangers? Uh, Royal Rangers. I already yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it sorry. Was like, I feel like Casey brought that up recently because my first thought was, I thought the Boy Scouts was a Christian Well, they, they kind of are. Like, officially they, they are. In the same way, I think, like, the, the Red Cross is Christian, kind of, aren't they? Oh. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's I, like... I, I think it's, it's very existed thin. too long. It's really watered down. Right. Yeah. I think I think the Boy Scouts are... Now. Yeah, they're the the world has corrupted them a little bit too much, but not the Royal Rangers. But like, but for most of the events, you would never be able to tell any difference. It's really just at like the, the devotional time and you know the praise and worship services and stuff at camping trips. But like, it was legitimately an awesome time for me. I yeah. I came from a pretty outdoorsy homeschooled family, so like this was right up our alley. Um, you know, and a lot of the other guys, like it's their parents are just shipping them off to go on this camping trip because you know get them out of the house for a weekend 
Right, exactly. <laughs> but like we, we had some interesting characters though. The main commander at our church, he was this um old German man who came over like I think he either lived through World War II as a kid and then they fled to America or they came to America to get away from the Nazis right before World War II. But he was this old German man who was a, a blacksmith. And so his hands, like if you've ever seen a blacksmith's hands, especially someone who's been doing it their whole career, where like they can pretty much like drive nails with their fingertips. But he was just this <laughs> this small, wiry, tough as nails guy, super old. I remember he taught us, uh, we did, a, there was a, for the Trailblazers. This is a terribly formatted sentence. Uh, for the Trailblazers, the oldest group, there's a survival camping merit badge, uh, basically the equivalent of a merit badge. And so me and some other friends did it. We did it at the commander's farm uh, in November. It got down into the teens that night. Um, but he taught us how to kill and pluck a chicken for dinner. Like he had chickens and like we, wow. this wasn't like a eating it in the house. This was like a survival camping, you know, situation. We're doing it in the backyard, but in like case only you come across a wild chicken. Someday. Well, he also made <laughs> us like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> But uh, birds are kind of the same, but he like, he just easy to catch because they don't really fly the same as other birds, but yeah, he he picked it up and did the thing where you just pick up the chicken by the head and then just like crack it like a whip, break its neck. And then he just chopped it off and then threw the chicken onto the ground and it ran around without a head, like just squirting blood for 30 seconds. And I remember me as a like 14 year old, I was like, Oh, this is a little too much. (laughs) But, but then like we learned how to make our own, um, shelter. Uh, out of wood and stuff like piling up branches and everything and then we started out with like a big shelter so this is actual survival tips for all the kids at home uh if you need to make a survival shelter you want to make it as thick as humanly possible and as small as possible you want to be like packed in there like sardines because we started out with your body heat in yeah yeah we started out with it a lot bigger and looser and there was way too much cold air but you know stuff like that i i don't know like how seriously every other church took it um but we we had a great time me and my best friend Growing up, we both got our gold medals of achievement at the same time. He did Ranger of the Year competitions where like you go and they judge you on like how tidy your uniform is and how well you know all of the lingo and all the knots and everything. They would have competitions at the big camp things. We would always do really well at those. Our I think our biggest achievement was they would do a cardboard boat race. Have you ever participated in one of those? Oh, I've seen video. Wait, maybe I No, no, no. I didn't do a boat race. I did a cardboard sledding race okay i it's probably about the same amount of chaos but the cardboard boat race it was fun because people would make all these themed boats and everything like every year was a big like let's see who's going to make the titanic boat or whatever and you know and they all sink within like two minutes except ours <laughs> because uh one of like my my best friend um, oh, at the time much. well the, well so they had they had rules um you had to you could paint it with any single single piece coating I, I don't know exactly how you term that but my friend's dad one of the commanders was a actual nasa engineer and he designed a boat out of one contiguous piece of cardboard that could be folded and doubled over and folded into a canoe and so we painted the whole piece of cardboard with a rubberized paint like f- three or four coats of that folded it into a canoe and we used it for three years they actually <laughs> like awesome. one year wow we got, one year we got first and then we did another lap and could have gotten second if the rules would allow for that. Like he built an actual like canoe you could just use. Like it was floppy and stuff. It wasn't great, but they actually changed the rules to be you had to take a new like boat every year. So me and my friend who were paddling it the last year, we gave it a Viking funeral. We, we cleared this ahead of time, but like we, we paddled <laughs> the lap and we won the race. Then we paddled back out to the middle, jumped out of it. 
poured some lighter fluid in it, lit it on fire, and then just burned it in the middle of the uh, like the river <laughs> while everybody like laughed at us. It was great. Uh, that's, awesome. that's awesome. I love it. I it, so it really does sound like a. This isn't like a local organization that has like a small. It sounds like a fairly decently run or larger scale. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I don't know, I don't know how big they are now, but in their heyday, which I think was when I was in it, like you know, '90s, going into the early 2000s, I mean, there were we had the the jamborees, the national jamboree stuff, and there'd be like thousands of people there. I mean, it was it was a pretty big deal, as far as I know. Did you put it on your resume when you applied for college? Well, I mean, that might have helped at the college I went to, but no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm like, actually, I don't know if I did or not, but I don't think so. I don't think I would have because I got my GMA when I was uh, 12 or 13. So like after that, you know, there wasn't really like weren't too many mountains to climb. So I think I just kind of tapered off. After that, it gets you get to you start to become the only one your age at the thing. And then you're right. You want to go to youth to group feel a little sad. That. Yeah, you want to go to youth group with the cool high schooler kids and not be like the dorks with the bolo ties, like tying knots and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, before we had Dave Griffin on, I was just looking up videos about Adventures in Odyssey, trying to like Mm. get a feel for it again, because I hadn't listened to I mean, I didn't listen to it in a long time. And I found like some channels that were like older kids slash young adults that are still really into adventures and odyssey and they're doing like adventures and odyssey theory videos and stuff. Are they still making new adventures and odyssey? I guess uh, they, I don't even know. Are, I think Sam might know, but Casey, I you have froze no up. Clue. We'll get him back. Yeah. You're back. You're back. There we go. I don't know if they're making adventures. Nope, and you're odyssey you're out again. It's just delayed. It's weird. I'm just glad it's not me. That's I thought for sure it was you. Yeah, guess what? It was you this whole time. Wow. <laughs> so For, I don't know if they're making Adventures in Odyssey anymore. I mean, is there new ones coming out? I imagine they are. That's a cash cow. I think there is. Is it? I'm suppo- I suppose we can I'm look this up that. pretty quickly to get the answer. I'm Jeremiah, check one of your six monitors. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm surprised that your, your computer is not listening to our conversation and looking up stuff every time we ask a question, <laughs> no matter how rhetorical. He's got like a Jarvis type computer. <laughs> Dude, I want to. I feel while we're talking about computers and technology, I want to make a pivot because I tried an Oculus for the first time uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you guys have you guys used an Oculus? I've got a, a Quest Two. Okay, do you use it much? Like, I uh, I I just got it through a, a promo thing like a couple months ago. I've started using it though because a friend of mine got a mini golf game we've been playing and it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, okay. She actually she listens to the podcast. Shout out to Debbie. Oh, what's up, Debbie? Hey, Debbie. Um, Thanks for joining the Discord. Oh, that's Debbie in the Discord. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. So when I you know so I was at a friend's house. We had like a you know, I have a small group of friends that we've all been hanging out since high school and uh, we had a little Christmas party in January and my friend whose house it was at, he had gotten an Oculus. You know, he was, he asked if I want to try it before I was over like a week or so before that. And I just didn't feel like it. I've never felt like that's something I wanted to do. Uh, it just feels like too much. Like if I'm playing video games, my idea is I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm probably going to have a drink and I'm just going to not move. 
so the idea of like putting on this like headset and holding the things with my in my hands and standing in the middle of the living room i just it hasn't really been something i've thought would be for me so i i just passed most of the time and then he so he busted out of a little christmas party and uh one of my friends tried it out and i was like even watching him do it i was like i don't think i feel like doing that Uh, and my friend goes do you want to give it a shot and i didn't say no but i almost didn't even want to Uh, but then so i went through like a tutorial what's the uh is it super hot is that the name of the game it's like yeah shooter kind of thing but yep so i've seen that game not on not on oculus you know you can just get it but trying it out i was like okay i get it now like it was so fucking fun i had i like could the oculus died while i was using it i was like what happened whoa where did everything go like i was so upset i it was so much fun playing because like with that like you know it just i don't know there's probably a million different modes but you know it'll generate the room and there'll be objects in front of you you'll have a gun you'll run out of ammo you can throw the gun at somebody and kill that person and then you can like throw objects and you know people get near you you dock and you punch them and they shatter and i'm like i probably looked like a fucking idiot uh, to everyone in the room like everybody I does but i felt like powerful <laughs> doing it because it's like it almost feels like major you like dodge some shit and you like throw a right hook and i felt so cool i felt cool doing it i'm really glad nobody was recording it but i i get it now but and then when you when you start i think i don't know if it was when you start the oculus up but there's like um maybe it's before you like startup super hot or whatever but you're in this room like i, I was in a room it's like kind of like a living room big open space hangout area there's like some beanbag chairs <laughs> on the ground and it gives you that feeling if i could go sit in that right now. Uh, and of course mm-hmm. if you do that would not be great uh, but it made me feel like that would have been a perfect space for a small group and made that we definitely in the metaverse need to start a church in the metaverse i wasn't completely on board with it originally like not originally i love the concept of it it was like a fun thing to talk about after doing oculus it's like okay everyone needs to get an oculus and we need to start a church and we need to meet <laughs> weekly in the metaverse with our oculuses i think Dude, i just want to see somebody with their giant spongebob avatar be like i have an unspoken request <laughs> 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 yeah, I had a HTC Vive when they like when they first came out, and I got pretty motion sick um, using VR. So I didn't keep it super long. But another reason I didn't keep it really long is it took so long to get set up every time because you got to like get the cable out, set up the little towers that track where everything is, get everything oh. turned on, make sure the computer's happy. The best thing about the Quest Two is that if for anyone who hasn't used it, the headset tracks the hand things, so you can go into any room okay. and it's got the battery and the processor inside the headset, so you can go like wherever you want, as long as there's an internet connection and you just set it up and you draw the boundary on whatever floor you're in and you can play. Like it takes it from, I I'm not really in the mood to do VR this week to like, Hey, we're going to hop on and place a mini golf on a place a mini golf. And I can just like turn it on and a minute later I'm inside. Yeah. And like a lot of stuff just works. Like it has a built-in voice chat, like party chat app that sounds great. The mics built into it sound awesome. Like noise cancellations. Awesome. You don't have to wear headphones. It's like Facebook, to give them credit, they really did fix all of the issues with normal VR headsets, and the Quest Two is a lot of fun. And I think it's only like three hundred bucks. It's that was not a bad. great I mean, commercial. It's... They did sponsor yeah. that for you, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I hope they send me one now. I really hope they send me one. It has. It is. It's a little like. It felt a little weird at first putting it on, uh, especially with glasses. I don't. I mean, you, I'm used to wearing glasses, so you know, taking mm. them off, putting that on. 
I guess there's like a bridge if you want to keep your glasses on with it, but I didn't really feel like I needed my glasses uh, since your eyes are like a couple inches away from the screen that you're looking at. But it it took me a second to get used to. Uh, it, it it feels so strange when you first drop into it because you are holding those like controllers with your hands. And it's weird because you like move your thumbs and you can see like you'll see your hands moving around as you point and stuff. And it it's, once you like... Once your like brain registers what's going on, I feel like it's very strange at first. But once like it, after like a minute or two, it feels like your brain just kind of like snaps in, and it's like this is real life now. This is where you live. Yeah, it's. Um, I remember. I think with the original PSVR, we played um, Resident Evil was released on PlayStation VR. And so you could play like the normal non-VR version and the VR version. In the normal one, you're like going around this house. I think that was the demo level. Was there's this like decaying old house with and you just know that like you hear noises and something there's something in the house and you're tracking it down and if you're playing on a tv with the playstation 4 you're just like wandering around from room to room looking at stuff whatever as soon as you're in vr you're like peeking your head very carefully in the hallway because like it just it feels so much more intense that you like you think you're going to get grabbed at any point Uh, i love it is is so the oculus is obvious it's like a standalone thing uh so is there like an actual like is it a limited game set i don't know enough about it mm. honestly so it's like obviously games drop for you know xbox playstation pc whatever but are they do they have to be built specifically for the oculus and do they have a limited game set if you want to run off just the headset you have to buy stuff from the oculus store okay um, and download it but if i i can plug in just like a USB-C cable into my computer into the headset and then my oh. computer does the heavy lifting and i can play any like any vr games i have on steam or whatever oh okay i didn't realize i didn't know it was like that versatile that's sick yeah yeah they really they did a great job thank you uh oculus for sending out the the demo unit really enjoyed it thank you dude i i haven't hardly played an oculus at all i have a playstation vr which also makes me very sick. I tried playing like Skyrim VR and like felt like I was going to throw up. Yep. My dad came over and he, so he bought it for me for Christmas one year and he came over. He's like, I really want to try the VR thing. So he put it on and you know, we're, he, we're doing like this game where you're shooting robots. Right. And he's going at it and you know, you have to turn around and stuff like that and shoot at him and everything. And, at some point, like he's got this can of Mountain Dew, like sitting on the ottoman or on the like end table, and he spins and just punches it all <laughs> over my living room. <laughs> but the only time I played with an Oculus was at a Star Wars celebration a couple years ago. They were unveiling that like Darth Vader VR game, and mm. I waited in line for three hours to play. I thought it was going to be, it took so long to get through the line. I thought, oh, well, this is like a half hour demo or something. And I was done with the demo in like less than 10 minutes. Mm. And then I was just angry. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that would be, that's what it would be like to go to E3 or something where like it sounds super exciting. And then you wait in line for six hours to see two minutes of a demo of a game. And you're like, great, I can do that two more times. That was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars Celebration is pretty cool. There's like a lot of thing, a lot of things there to look at and stuff. There's usually like six people in one little booth all getting Star Wars tattoos like in front of you at 10 in the morning on a Thursday, <laughs> which really doesn't make a ton of sense to like me. Real but... tattoos. This isn't like some 
drawn on bullshit. This is like, oh no, they got like tattoo booths set up in this place and they're giving people tattoos. I don't know if they're all Star Wars, but I, th- I think that was the theme for sure. Yeah. And, and they just go in, they go, give me what you got. And you get like <laughs> yeah. the Rebel Alliance symbol tattooed onto your pack. <laughs> it's like Jar Jar Binks peeing on an Imperial sigil. <laughs> <laughs> man yeah i think that's one of those things to be fun to go to but i don't know if i want to be around the other people that think that would be a fun thing to go to like if i could go by myself it sounds very antisocial but like if i could just go wander around and see everything and not have to interact with other people that are fans of that thing i think that would be the homeschooled kid exactly (laughs) at the so in college you know there was a comic book club and this was around the time that watchmen came out and so the Ooh, comic book yes. club put up some posters on campus being like, hey, we're going to have like a discussion time for Watchmen. Like we're going to have like a, I don't know, just an event one evening where we get together and discuss Watchmen. And me and another guy in my ap- apartment were like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, you know, I'm a casual comic book fan. Uh, <laughs> that was my first mistake. And like, I've read Watchmen. I like that. And the movie looks cool. Like, let's go check it out. And we left within 20 minutes because these people were too weird. Like, <laughs> oh, I, th- boy. I thought you were going to say it was like a honeypot because it was a rated R movie. And <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> just going to get you on tape. This is just there discussing two RAs. the book. They're like, let's yeah, this go is discussing this the book. book they bring the you books in. are okay. It doesn't matter what's in the book. It's a book, so it's all right. It's more moral than a movie. Yeah. yeah right hey that dick is a cartoon dick so we're good see that blue dick in real life it's, and we got a problem. Yeah. it's yeah. not real it's kind of see-through too so it's not really there i mean it's okay so did your parents know that there were like whole genres of comic books that are like intended for adults not like adult comic books but like they're not they're just mature stories they're not intended to be read by kids no they i didn't did read not. comic books as a kid so my parents didn't have to deal with them actually i remember my parents mentioning or i shouldn't say my parents my dad wasn't invested in these conversations or involved in them ever but my mom had mentioned because i you know i was a huge x-men fan mm. people still mistake me like for a marvel fan like family friends and they're like did you see the new and they'll like bring up any marvel movie that came out i'm like i don't know why i haven't seen a marvel movie in 10 years i don't know why you guys keep asking me these questions but I was a big X-Men fan. I watched the, I mean, I watched the cartoon, of course, in the 90s as a kid. And then there was another cartoon that came out in the mid early 2000s that I watched. But um, I read a bunch of the comics. I mean, I read all, I think, I don't remember how many issues I read up through, but I read a lot of them. Uh, I had a friend torrent a bunch of them for me that I couldn't get. And uh, and then I was like, I, I actually, you know, had a subscription to the like, X, one of the series for a while. And so like, I, I really loved X-Men and then, but I, I remember as a kid wanting to get into the comics cause comics seemed cool, uh, but I had never read one. And my mom was like, not into letting us get the comics because the characters were too sexualized or some shit like that. And, and then I don't know what it was like then in, in the early two thousands, the late nineties, but um, I should say the late nineties, I guess it would have been at that point. But when I started subscribing to the comics in college, I was like, I get what she was saying. Like, I know why, like, a you know, a Christian homeschool mom would have an issue. with. Also, I think as an 11 or 12 year old, I would have just liked seeing Wolverine stab somebody and I would have not <laughs> paid attention to anything else. <laughs> Are you that excited like for the big controversy at one point? I don't remember exactly what you maybe like six, eight years ago or something like that when April was just starting to get into cosplay. 
like there was a lot of discussion over how female characters are portrayed in the yeah. comic books. Cause there was like, I remember there was like a spider woman comic coming out and people were really excited. There were some people that we knew that were like big spider woman fans. I didn't even really know what spider woman was a thing, but this cover for this new issue came out and the guy is just in this like contorted position like this impossibly arched back and just like huge butt. And it, I mean, it was just like the most cartoonish looking thing ever. And it seemed very out of touch with where all uh, of that stuff yeah. was headed. I oh yeah. This. You find yep. it. Yeah. It, it's uh it's there's here. I'll, I'll, I'll link it here in the chat. People were <laughs> mad. They were very I, upset. And I get it. There's, there's a lot of butt detail. Like this, this costume is a little bit, uh a little tight oh in yeah early- that is like full that is uh that's that's, that's, that's that's basically like full butt i mean it's that's, like an that's art. i think just body paint it is looks basically like a how it's yeah um that's wild. To, to be fair to your mom though like in the early 2000s which i think is when I, I i got back into reading comic books a few years ago but before then it was definitely the early 2000s when i was reading most of them and i think a lot of the character art from back then was a lot more one note like if you're a female character i think yeah. there's there's a lot more variety in comic books there's still those exact comic books are still being made but i think a lot of those artists have kind of moved on to other stuff and there's a lot wider variety now like if you look at and it's probably this is since disney bought them but if you look at just an average marvel comic these days it's very sanitized yeah um, and all the like more grown-up comics are all on stuff like image so interesting like, with Marvel. I don't think you have anything to worry about. It's funny. Cause I feel like that was occasionally like the left and the right accidentally align on an issue and they, they, don't, <laughs> they don't want to, but like, so like my mom's like, we're not going to watch that because of how it sexualizes women. And then like the feminist argument against where the art for comics was going was we don't like the way that women are objectified in comics. They're not real characters. They're just there to give 12 year olds boners for cartoon images and it's like, and then they meet in the middle and you're like, it's like, it doesn't last too long usually uh, before they realize that they have to come up with a reason why they don't agree. But it, it I, it's funny. Every once in a while, the left and the right come full circle and they just hit on an image uh, on, an, uh, on an issue and it, they just feel the same way and they can, they can use, they can align. It's like, uh, it's like the suicide squad or I don't know what other other I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. What's another uh, story arc in the Marvel or DC universe where enemies align to fight the forces of evil, which would be the patriarchy and sexism? Well, I don't know about patriarchy and sexism, but I think Marvel, they're always building towards something. So we got the big Avengers get together in 2012 and then 2015 and then 2019. And a lot of those people start out in their individual movies as villains or not villains as anti-heroes or heroes anti each other. Then they come together. I love it. Not as masterfully as the Suicide Squad, though. I'm so glad they've made two of those. Did you guys see the second one? <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen any of them. I've I haven't seen, seen any of them. Wait, you haven't seen either of them? Oh, my no. wife and I went to see the first one, uh, not right, knowing enough shit. about it. Yeah, we went to see it on our anniversary. It's like <laughs> cinematic poison. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. The first one, it's vile. It, it really is. And it's like, it's the type of bad where like you could tell they thought it was really cool when they were filming it. I don't think they thought that when they were editing it. But when they were filming it, they definitely thought it was going to be really cool. And someone was right down like, man, this is a lot of like hype 
music intros. Like, how many of these do you think we can fit into one movie? And he was like, oh, another. Although apparently the director said that was the studio making him do some of those things. He says there's a much better version of that movie out there that doesn't suck. Yeah, but then, I'm maybe. sure that's very easy for him to say. <laughs> right. Oh, this came out bad. The uh, Snyder well, cut. When I first, yeah, <laughs> the Snyder cut. I actually Before... really liked the Snyder cut. I, I, sorry, I don't want to derail us too much. If you want to go somewhere else, but have you guys seen it? No, I yeah, I, I, saw I don't it. see things. Stop asking me if I've seen things. Ask Casey. Don't say guys. No, I, you can ask me. It's fine. Casey, uh, you're, you're, you're Baron. Uh, how did you, <laughs> you feel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get to enjoy things. Yeah. Um, I watched the Snyder Cut. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It was okay. Okay. I, I, I really feel like it. I need a little break from like Marvel and DC movies. Like maybe I'm a little like over uh, saturated on them. That's I fair. need a break from knowing about. Like there's so many. I need a break from just knowing they're making another one. And it's <laughs> yes, yeah, so you have successfully whined about how you haven't seen any of them. It's uh, look. It's <laughs> I don't need to. I, I feel okay. like I know how they all work. And, and, people and, like them. I don't you care. That, like you them. think that because you haven't seen that many of them. I don't. Because I, I just there's, don't There's want depth, to. Sam. Damn, I Sam. There's, there's depth. There's nuance. I watch TV shows. Oh, watch, I, okay. I, so I he watch, gets off his moral high horse. What are you watching, Sam? I watch a movie or two a year. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I watch. Yeah, I so honestly, I don't oh, go man. out of I've watched way more kids movies. I just watched fucking Free Willy one and two the past couple weeks, guys. So okay, well those are good. All my shit that stands up. Yeah, yeah they were ahead of the Sea World issue. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> Free Willy two. An oil rig has a spill and gets oil all over Willy and his sister, and they have to save them. So that that was an like environmental a slick Willy. Yeah, I think I've heard a movie that starts that way. It goes yeah. a different direction. You know, I mean, there's all different ways to start in movies. So. Okay, so what, I, what TV shows, though? Oh, uh, uh, Succession. Uh, okay, I absolutely hear good things the, about that. One of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Uh, Afterlife has season three on Netflix, and that show is unbelievably good for anyone who hasn't watched it. I That's one of my most highly recommended shows. It's a Ricky Gervais show. Isn't, uh, didn't it just come out? It's his season three just came out. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, the premise of that is his, his wife died, and he's a miserable asshole. Uh, and he watches, but he's sad, you know, he's mourning and it's like, he watches videos of his wife, like that he had taken all the time. And it's just like them goofing off, like having a great love life relationship, whatever. Like they just really enjoy hmm. each other's company. And then he just goes to work and is a piece of shit to everybody. And it's really funny to watch, but you also watch him explore. Like it's very Ricky Gervais. If you've seen anything Ricky Gervais has done, I really like him. Some people hate him. I think afterlife is fantastic, but is Carl Pilkington in it. Uh, I don't know who that is. Oh man. Okay, never mind. It's <laughs> not worth explaining. Yeah, that some of your jokes need to be explained on me. Uh, I, he's I a friend it. of Ricky Gervais that's in a lot of his oh, things. Then probably, yeah. probably Bold. all of, everything I've seen from Ricky Gervais. This has like eighty percent of the people who have been in everything else he's done. Well, is it a British production? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they there's only like thirty British actors, I think, and they all know each other and do great American accents. Yeah, but he did Derek. Uh, did you? I don't know. There was a show he did Derek, mm-hmm. uh, and that had. I mean, a lot of people from Derek are in that. Like the the girl that Derek liked was his wife in Afterlife. Like th- so many people from Derek are in Afterlife. And what was his? Uh, I feel like he has another show. He's uh, a bunch that's slipping my mind. But I don't know. I'm not going to rack my brain for it. But anyway, 
I don't know. And then I guess I'm also uh, Righteous Gemstones is currently mm. going on. Oh yeah, how season two? Season one it's, was awesome. I, I'm a little behind since I started grad school. I should have given everybody an update on that if anyone wants to know about my life. But we're 35 minutes in, so we're not going to do that. We're going to save that for another time. It sucks, but anyway, that's all there is to say about it. It's Sam, I fun. feel like you want to talk about grad school. I'm maybe. just really overwhelmed right now. <laughs> I don't, that's all. Okay. All right. We can talk uh, about grad school next time. Yeah. No, it's it, it's fine. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe some really cool things will happen next week and we'll have something great to talk about. I had a question and this is rapid fire. We're just going to do this quick and then we're going to close out. Uh, but when you had talked about going to see the Watchmen, the Watchmen, just Watchmen, just think, Watchmen. Yeah, we'll go with Watchmen. Cool. Uh, I had remember that being real big hype. I was at, in college when that came out and it, it made me think about what some of the big hype like movies were. Like, I feel like in college, there was a few that came out and it was just like, holy shit everybody saw that and not so much in like a big blockbuster vibe, but in like a, you know, going to Liberty university, there was like movies that came out that were like not R rated that I just remember everyone on the dorms being like, Oh my God, have you gone and seen this movie? And like, it was, a, everyone made a big deal about it. And so taken. like, not yeah, really. I, yeah. I was about yes. to say taken. <laughs> <laughs> that one for sure. Uh, the one that comes to my mind is like, this is very, like very, Liberty approved was that when Dan in real life came out, nobody would shut the fuck up about that movie. I don't know what that one is. That was I a Steve Carell and um, who was the who uh, who's the comic that people really hated after a while? Good looking Dane dude. Cook. Dane Cook. It was like a Dane Cook and Steve Carell movie, and I didn't really like it when I saw it. I, I thought it was fine. It was just a little like, kind of bland, and but that was like. I don't know. Maybe it was like a converging of families kind of movie or something like that. But I just remember everyone talking about it. I, I think I saw it twice at the dollar theater, of course. Uh, shout out to the dollar theater that I, I guess doesn't exist anymore. It's a uh, trampoline place. <laughs> the stickiest <laughs> floors in Lynchburg. But but taken, I don't know if it was like this for you guys, but like a couple guys when it hit the dollar theater, a couple guys from the dorm went to see it at like four forty-five on a Friday or something. And they came back. Like they would not shut up about how amazing it was. Two more groups of people went from the dorm that night. It was one of those, like they came back, wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> yeah. so you call people. They're like, I called my girlfriend at the time. Now wife and was like, Hey, want to go see a movie? I've never heard of like, it's got Liam Neeson in it. She's like, it, sure. And you know, like eight of us <laughs> went the second time and everyone came back and couldn't stop talking about it. More people went the next day. Was it like that for you guys? Yeah, I remember I mean, hearing was, a lot about it. Yeah, it blew up. That was that was definitely. I'm glad you said that because I wouldn't have. I wouldn't actually have made that connection. But that I feel like that movie absolutely swept the college town. Everyone had to go see it for sure. I remember uh, Dustin. I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but I remember Dustin going to uh, Twilight several <laughs> times at the Dollar <laughs> Theater. He saw it many times. Did you ever walk out of a movie in the dollar theater because it wasn't worth a dollar? No, uh, I don't think I've ever walked was, out of a movie. There was one that we did. I fear, I think we walked out of one of them. There was one of those like alien versus predator movies that we went to. That was really terrible. It was like number alien versus predator two, which is like alien six and predator four. <laughs> <laughs> so those got hard to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, I feel like those are two cool separate things that we don't need together. 
Like they don't need to. They don't need to meet. They don't need to fight. Uh, we don't need like a WCW sort of like meetup where they, you know, I'm still poke each other with sticks or whatever. Yeah, you know, Teach just their own. Leave them on the on the spaceship. We're All right, killing final, Danny Glover. Final, final question, Jeremiah. What uh, did you walk out of, or have you walked out of, if anything? walked out of um remember when they did all those like scary movie knockoffs oh yeah i did not walk out of scary movie i walked out of epic movie oh my god i can that sounds like you made a good move and then uh we i think my last year in college got back to the dorm like saw my roommate again for the first time in a while you know one of those it's august it's hot we're like hey let's let's go cool down let's go see a movie at the dollar theater and we went and saw don't mess with the zohan oh that was uh, oh my walked, god that was so bad we, we walked out of that one like I, I i'd like to think as like a 19 year old boy i had like a pretty high tolerance for crude humor it was so uncomfortable like it, it wasn't fun you're looking around you're seeing everyone else is looking at each other like why are we here like why do we awful. have to watch this it so yeah. bad i saw that in a drive-in right before iron man 2 and the only reason i <laughs> so i had to watch it i was there for iron man 2 probably the last marvel movie i saw <laughs> And then having to sit through that, like me and my friends, uh, my wife, it was that same thing. We just look at each other like, are we all what? I mean, I don't think I heard anybody laugh. I don't. It was so bad. I think the scene that did it was it's like 25 minutes into the movie. And there's just this close up of of Adam Sandler grinding his crotch on this dude's shoulder. And it was at that point we just looked at each other. We were like, like. Let's just throw that money away. It felt like, like a middle school boy made that movie. Like, yeah, that, like it, none of the jokes were like it was. I love crude humor as much as the next person, but nothing hit. But it, it didn't even feel like, like it was shit. It wasn't even humor. It was just crude. It was like yes, you're watching like your young disgusting cousin like who's just trying to gross you out while you're trying to like enjoy Thanksgiving dinner, and they're just sitting in the corner like snotting into their hand or something like that's what it felt like <laughs> yeah. you're like this isn't funny yeah. <laughs> dude my dad and i walked out of borat yeah i'd walk out of that with my dad yeah. <laughs> naked and they're wrestling <laughs> with each other my dad's like let's get out of here <laughs> how did you and your dad walk into borat yeah. i've just seen like clips of it like i had seen an ollie g and and i feel like he had seen hmm. clips of it and we're like that'll be fun and then, oh. yeah, well, like fourth penis of the movie, he's like, I'm yeah. out of here. <laughs> my, my sit- walking into Borat with your dad is well, it would be one of the hardest things I could have ever have done. I- <laughs> well, current me has the the would enjoy the the torture side of it, you know, making yeah, him sit through it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, dad, there's a really good message. We got to keep watching. <laughs> He Stick gets with it. He, he gets saved at the end, Dad. Just wait. <laughs> my uh, my sister in law, her mom, who is about as like conservative as you could possibly get, she and some ladies from church went and saw Magic Mike as a group. Oh Jesus! And ah! I don't know, like, what did they think that movie? Like, they I don't feel knew. like exactly. They I feel were like so horny. Like, you can't not know what that is unless, like, you know, maybe she got suckered into the group and they were like, "We're going to see a movie," and she just blindly trusted them. Like, I cannot imagine her ever going to see this movie voluntarily. I don't know about everyone else in the group, but like, someone had to know. Like, the <laughs> the poster is just they're what like wearing chaps and stuff. Yeah, that. That felt like a. I wonder what this is about. As they're like <laughs> going through butter all over the seat. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, uh, our guest 
Seth David is, uh, I call him Seth Allen when we introduce him because that's how I know him. I grew up with Seth, uh, but I was interested in having him on the show one, because I think he's an interesting guy too, because he like, he started a music kind of community. Uh, he's, you know, he's a very unique person. He has like a, a very alternative interests when it comes to music. He understands music really well. It, he's it, uh, just a neat person. And he, he started a, just kind of this music community online that popped off uh, during the pandemic. And he ended up getting a whole bunch of people following his, uh, his Instagram page and, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. Uh, I liked what he was doing. I think he's just—he's always been a good guy. He's always been uh, one of the things I've always loved about him is that you know we grew up in conservative, growing up in conservative evangelicalism. It, you know, your true self can get beaten out of you if it's a little on the outside, um, and it, that never happened for him. Uh, no matter where he was or who we were with, he was kind of always unapologetically himself. And I sometimes that was weird uh and sometimes i was like why are you talking doing this in front of our parents like it was you know weird shit like that but i i always also respected it uh even as a kid and as a high schooler and then in college uh not that i really recall passing crossing paths with him too much in college uh but you know he also attended liberty for a short period of time as you'll hear but just a really great guy neat person and uh it was really fun to have him on and i think you guys will enjoy what he's doing We'll enjoy the conversation, and if you're kind of into some bizarre uh, sensibilities when it comes to music and theory, like music theory, I don't know enough about music to really, you know, get into what it is that he's doing or what it is that he likes to do. Uh, it's, it, it's very but, avant-garde, yeah, like off the wall, like interesting sort of stuff. Yeah, very so, cool. He's yeah. So anyway, without further ado, uh, I'll, here's our conversation with Seth David. Holy shit, everyone, it's 2022, and what better way to bring in the new year than with Captain Cecil's Coffee? New year, new coffees. With flavors like Atlantic and Daymark, there is a host of single-source blends, one that is surely going to fit your palate and make your morning a lot better. Captain Cecil's proudly donates 10% of all sales to various lighthouse preservation organizations across New England. Going into the holiday season, he offered us a very generous promo code of 20%. But because Captain Cecil's loves us and the growing up Christian community so much, he's decided to extend that 20% to our listeners going into the new year. So go to CaptainCecil'sCoffee.com and remember to enter the promo code Growing Up Christian at checkout for 20% off your order. And of course, all orders over $50 free shipping that's captain cecil's coffee.com enter promo code growing up christian god i'm so horny no. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody we are back with our guest seth allen uh i'm super excited to talk to you seth it's so for the listeners where uh seth and i go way back uh, god how how far back i mean elementary school school yeah probably 22 plus years yeah it's been yeah it's way back i mean because i moved from so seth and i our families met when we lived on the cape cape cod massachusetts for you locals everyone else look it up uh and it was a homeschool co-op so i think we started doing those when i was in around middle school so which would have put you a little bit younger homeschoolers 
Yeah. <laughs> Latchkey. You that yeah, I forget, Seth. You're I think you're about three and a half, four years younger than me. So Yeah. That always was like a little bit of a there was always that gap. So our family for everyone, our families were close. Uh he has an older brother, Jacob. Him and I are like the same age. Uh I have a younger brother and him and Seth are the same age. And our families would always get together and we would always do stuff together, but also just fuck off and separate sometimes because the older guys wanted to do older guys. <laughs> Talk about jerking off and <laughs> shit like that, probably. It is funny to think of how like age disparities work. Like you were 13, I was 10. It's like, oh my God, like impossible. Like I cannot be affiliated with. And it was like, no, I just want to go in the upstairs room. Why are we always in the downstairs room? Yeah, <laughs> we want to Literally. play Legos. We don't want to use Playmobil anymore. <laughs> right yeah Dude, it was like, it's why funny are we on the like, gamecube like and a, they got the xbox <laughs> like, there's like an escalating different like variance in age as you get older and older like larger and larger gaps make make more sense you know like you know for a a, a 30 year old guy to, to date an 18 year old, old girl yeah yeah it gets, it's, it's beautiful it's a little weird no it's, oh that's what you're gonna say i think well, it's, it's like you're total different stages of life you know and i don't know but you know for a a 54 year old guy to date a 42 year old lady or vice versa it's not that big of a deal dude yeah. i can't even have a conversation with somebody who's like 20 i like tried once and i was like oh i cannot <laughs> do this <laughs> You are such an ageist. I didn't realize you turned into such a yeah. I'm, I'm I don't know. horrible. It's not you. You've changed a lot, so this is going to be a weird conversation. Um, it is like I, I like I, I think that I'm having a conversation with somebody, and then I realize I'm like, no, you're like speaking a different language than me entirely. It's like, well, no, like I made this mistake once. Uh, we were in graduate school. We were sitting at this diner, and somebody from the orchestra came in and she was an undergrad and she was like 18 or 19. And we're like, Oh, Hey, come sit with us. And, I, and then like within like 45 seconds, I was like, Oh, this is a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, There's I don't a difference know. Difference of priorities. It does get a little bit harder to mingle. I, there's, I remember at work, there were some people who I would, you know, it was like kind of like a step, like a, a few years apart between each person. But there's like, after you have four people a few years apart, like the difference between you and the youngest is a good bit. And that, nice kid. Uh, but it was like, there was an obvious, especially like, it's like her first real job. Uh, she's kind of learning how to like find her way, looking for like that next step in her career. I've already given up. Everything's hopeless. So there's like <laughs> that difference. But there's, uh, but then it's just like <laughs> young and single versus like married with kids. You're like, it it it, it is weird. Uh, that gap that gap does get a little bit stranger as time goes on. Go sit with grim old Grandpa Sam and hear about how screwed up the healthcare system is. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about what's wrong with all the kids these days. Problem <laughs> is, kids these days are all on TikTok. I, I blame TikTok for almost all of our problems now. Uh, TikTok is the only reason I became an internet person. <laughs> there you go. Dude, it's addictive. It's a weird world. Well, we'll talk about TikTok a little bit later then, because I do. I'm curious as to how you built your online community. But why don't you go ahead and kind of give everyone a snapshot of your your life, your upbringing, and what that looked like? Sure. So uh, my name is Seth David. Seth David Allen professionally known as Seth David because I cut my last name out for no reason whatsoever. 
And um, I put it out there for everybody. We'll fix you- that. <laughs> Come on, my my people didn't call you. And by the way, I, I wanted all of the red Fruit Loops taken out because I'm in your green room right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I grew up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Uh, my father, uh, my father was a church planter. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's somebody who goes and starts a church from the ground up. So he's a pastor. Uh, I'm one of four children. We were all homeschooled up until the day, literally the day that I left for college. It was like, no, you have to be home by 10. It's your curfew. I'm like, I'm going to college tomorrow. Please, (laughs) can I go out with my friends? Seth, you'll have all the time for the rest of your life. Tonight, you're home with your family. I was like, why? (laughs) I don't even want to be here right now. Why do you want someone who doesn't want to be near you? Your (laughs) offspring is telling you they don't want to be near you. Pay heed to your offspring. It was like Um, an 18-year house arrest. (laughs) No, but I love my family. Um, (laughs) It's a, yeah, so I grew up. Um, I went to Liberty University for two and a half years. Uh, very shout out. Yeah, we've L- done our fair share of dogging yeah. on Liberty. Yeah, um, I've been following that, like just the LU saga. It's like it like brings me so much joy. It's just like actable and delectable and just so goddamn delicious. <laughs> um, it feels like um, it it feels like a bit of a payoff. Like it, okay, like yeah, you go. Especially for me, you I, did you do regular music there? What was your deal? Nah, dude, I couldn't get into the music program. I sucked ass, so I got into the worship program. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's all okay. right. Worship. Now we're people talking. who, <laughs> dude. What do you mean you sucked? You actually you really couldn't get into the music program because now I, that's your whole that's your whole gig. So yeah. you're uh, you really couldn't get into the music program at the Bro, time. It was it was humiliating. I'll never forget that, dude. I was like, it was like college. I was like, yeah, no parents. I'm like, I'm gonna put on my sweater and roll up my jeans and rock my Chuck Taylors and be this eccentric, whoa, out there bohemian, you know, guy. And like, I'm like cracking jokes. I'm like, look at all these women, like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> and dudes but i'm not allowed to say that and uh uh and i walked into and it was like a placement exam and i was like chatting i was you know making people laugh i'm like yeah i'm so fucking cool i'm gonna fit in i'm i'm the shit i took this placement exam opened up this sheet of like just music things and i was like oh my god what and so like whatever like an hour (laughs) later an hour later i like come out of this room and i was like oh my god and like dude (laughs) to my dismay everyone around me was like oh my god i thought that was gonna be like hard that was like the easiest thing and i was like oh jesus christ (laughs) almost died of mental and physical fatigue (laughs) i'm sweating and my back hurts wait so was it like you had to already know a good a certain amount of i guess you already had to know something about music like don't people go to college to learn new things yeah with a gatekeeping chord progression (laughs) but like i was like a step below that like i had to go into the remedial so i actually i ended up i think it was like i was supposed to be like a music minor and i was like majoring in i don't actually to be honest i changed my i was there for like four semesters and i changed my major major like eight times i I think (laughs) i was going in as like a youth ministry major i wanted to like be a youth pastor i don't and so because you like, were immature and yeah, well, 
It's okay. Well, I was like, I, I want to spend the rest of my life around 15 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's just, uh, you realize how weird that is the older you get. To, to right. Like yeah. Look, I just um, want to point out that we know there are some good youth pastors out there. Hashtag not all youth pastors. We get it. But And then there are some that have a, quote, passion for young people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, a growing they're passion. But nobody makes fun of teachers. No one makes fun of someone who wants to be an elementary school teacher. It's only if you want to be a youth pastor that people make fun of you. Yeah. It, and, and it was like the youth... You, youth men, right? Is a youth men major? <laughs> yeah. I'm a youth major. That's what people would say. That's cool. You're majoring in youth. Interesting I'm, choice. I, I'm majoring in minors. Um, <laughs> stupid. So dumb. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And then so it was the music. So I was like minoring in music. I took, I took, and then I ended up taking a remedial music class. And actually that was the one class I took a remedial music theory class that was like, I actually learned a lot and the teacher was great. I don't remember his name, but he was just like this old as the sea motherfucker. And he was dry as can be. And it was at seven o'clock in the morning. And I actually ate that shit up because I did not want to embarrass myself again. I was like, okay, there's a whole world of like things that I have no idea about that. I thought I knew. Uh, and then so like I took the class and it was weird because a lot of the concepts I kind of already like knew from like the keyboard, you know, from like playing piano. But like the 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 iconography of music notation was kind of like new. So but so I was able to adapt pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, there are kids like playing like Rachmaninoff concertos and, you know, Sh Chopin etudes. And I was like playing how Those, great those are big words. Or, how, how great is our God? <laughs> so I was like, okay. there you go. Yeah, the the you know the the classics. So I switched. Did, you I was did like, music in church, right? Is that did you do it? Yeah. So you were able to like that's that was your introduction to it was being able to like learn it at home and then play like worship songs and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And even even then, I didn't play them very well because there weren't like I, there wasn't like a music scene in Cape Cod. Yeah, I know there really wasn't. Uh, looking back on it, like I didn't find uh, the music scene that I was into uh until i was in high school but i feel like i don't really know anyone on the cape who was ever like who was ever able whoever got into the same kind of music or if they did it was like there was no access to it you're not going to shows really unless you're going to boston but you, there's not a lot of people around who are interested in the same thing like i, I feel like i was surrounded by people who developed similar interests what do they say like art stems from uh, struggle yeah. And, and, yeah hence there's no art in cape cod it's a rich retirement area <laughs> the mean kind of, until you go to high ends, but yeah but even then it's like like oh my second vacation home is has uh garbage only roof one yeah <laughs> once every two weeks i don't know um i'm Dude, trying to think of my the roommate thing. which we had on uh i think like episode four or five chris theaton he was my first roommate at liberty and a swell guy, but uh, he was a worship major. I don't think he finished as a worship major. I can't remember what, what exactly, but I remember when he was starting out in that program, sight singing was like a big thing that he had to do. Oh, and yeah. I'm sure Chris has grown into his voice. At the time, he was struggling. And so like I'd go back to the room and it would just be Chris in there going, do, fa, <laughs> Me, 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 me. 
It was awful. And I, I kept, I didn't know what he was doing. I kept thinking like, I, I'm going to have to say something, but I don't want, to, I don't want him to hate me, but this is, this is terrible. <laughs> what is sight singing? You sing by sight. So I don't like know what you, that means. I get a, you get a melody, a notated melody, and then you sing the solfege. Like literally like, Doe, a deer, a female deer, a drop of golden sun. Like literally solfege. So if you were going to. it's. Think about guitar tabs, but for your face. <laughs> guitar but tabs. Is, I, don't, I still don't see where the I don't see where the sight comes into play. Well, you look at a sheet of music, she, oh, and you're supposed oh, to like oh, visually oh, oh, determine. Oh, oh, oh. Sight. Sings. Took me a second to get there. I made it. We can move <laughs> Tucker on. Tucker Carlson. But it's it's <laughs> sing seeing. That's a totally different thing. Sing uh, saying. Sing songing. Sing song say. Um. So yeah. So I went to, yeah, I went to Liberty and for two and a half years, dropped out my, I, I think I, I actually like on my transfer, I like failed classes. Cause I just like, just stopped. Just, it was one of those classic, like you just stopped going to class. Actually, I think yeah. I went to the classes thinking that that would be enough, but like, I didn't do any of the work. And then when I like, I would like turn in an assignment or two. And at the end I was like, what, how did I fail? I, I was at every class and the professor would laugh at some of my jokes uh, 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 I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you I didn't read the rubric. You're like, what? Yeah. Class is only 10% of your grade. Why was I even here? <laughs> yeah. I could have gotten a 75 without showing up and just doing the homework. I, I failed I, classes I, for not I, showing up. I grew up with the participation, participate, participation award. So that's, yeah, that was my, that was my training. <laughs> with, um, I mean, homeschooled your entire life. You kind of just, you you have no gauge for your your ability, honestly. Like Mom's I was like, convinced. That, hey, thanks for showing up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I had no idea where I was going to stand when I went finally went to college. It was like really scary because you're like I've I have nothing to compare myself to my entire life. There's no like, I mean, there's a grading system sort of, but I I don't know. I was like I don't know anything when I went to college. I was convinced that I was going to be the dumbest kid in the room uh thankfully i i wasn't uh so sh i guess shout out to my mom but i don't i don't know man it, it's tough when you first show up it's like uh i don't know how this is gonna go it's scary it's, i didn't it's like yeah, the exact opposite of my my approach i showed up thinking i would be the smartest person there me, that's that and, was me it's just yeah and then you ended Dude, up were you sales, sorely so disappointed too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then literally within like the first hour of me being there, I just bombed a placement test and then it was just downhill from there. Yeah. What other majors did you blow through? Before uh, you Youth men, music, uh, worship, music, communications. Actually, I killed at the, the communication stuff. I was good at the public what? speaking things. That uh, says yeah, a lot about you and me. Yeah. <laughs> Casey was a comms major. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I this is crazy. I like had classes in like print media, like newspaper classes. And yeah. like this was like when Twitter was like first. It was there was like there's this new thing called Twitter. And like you know, like an assignment was like compose four tweets. I'm like, what the fuck? Like what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I that was don't... back when there were only like forty characters too, right? Way easier. Yeah. Now that'd be twice as hard today. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, comp 
communications, uh, youth ministry, worship. And I think I had a stint with what's the not the non youth major, but just like ministry, like youth ministry and then grown up ministry. <laughs> it's like, uh, was there just a straight up ministry major? Pastoral. Past, oh, past. Yeah. Pastoral men. I think I yeah, I think I did some of those. So, yeah, I guess it was like four majors, four semesters. I mean, isn't that how like college, that's that's what college is. But like, no, I, yeah, it's I, like at some point you're just paying to hang out in the dorms and tell your parents you're going to school. <laughs> oh, yeah. I um, took school very seriously, fellas. I'm the odd one out here. You did. You took it very serious. You were, I, got a, I was serious. I was a serious man who got a Bible degree and I, it really paid off. So <laughs> do you remember who your public speaking professor dude, was? Some, was it an old guy? Yeah, the old dude with the white beard. Looked like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, dog. That dude was du- he, he talked like this. He well, was the best. Yeah. He was great. Easy is greater. Although his his like he would write. Dude, sometimes I would like read his questions and I like I'm like this reads like a newspaper from the 1940s. Like I don't know what this question is. <laughs> <laughs> Speaks King James. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was. Well, it's funny yeah. cuz like I did well in that class too. And of all of the things that I took in the whole stint of college, like Hillsdale included and then Liberty, like public speaking is like the only useful thing I ever got out of it. And we spent like one semester doing that for an hour and a half a week. Like of all the things, why don't we, why don't we focus on that instead of communications theory, which is, you know, a joke. I, I I couldn't even tell you what one communications theory is. I, my theory is that you're either good at it or you're shit at it, and either way, you'll get through life okay. <laughs> Red herring. That's where your theory. argument smells like fish. Yeah, I mean, it's so obvious that there's a net. Like there are people who naturally can just get up and speak in front of people and not think twice about it. Like I, I there's a hit. There's a couple of people that come to mind where it's just like you could, and there's a there's a charisma to them. I mean, those are really the people who end up who are able to like you think of your Tony Robbins or your like oh, mega church pastors, right? Like they're sure they were probably smart to be able to get to where they are. But if you can just get up and command a crowd and say the same thing that somebody else is saying, but not have that mechanism that says people think you're dumb right now. You just like, that's I get them. Oh, I'll trip over words and forget where I'm my place is. And I'm like, everyone's like looking at me like I'm an idiot. And you just get really in your own head. And then some people don't have that stop that, that mechanism that tells them that. And they're just like, people love what I'm saying right now. And those people become mega church pastors. It's a very lucrative career. People love me right now. I'm killing this. <laughs> so you're at, you're obviously you go to Liberty because it's, I'm guessing a Christian school. Also your, your older brother went there. You, Faith is still something is like part of your life. Was it something that's like, oh, I take this really seriously, or is it something that you feel like was with you by default because it was so deeply ingrained in who you were? Yeah, I don't think any 17 year old can take anything too seriously. Don't tell me I didn't take my faith seriously when I was in college. I was trying to be a fisher of men, okay? (laughs) I mean, I was too, but just in a different way. Um, (laughs) Glory hole in. (laughs) <laughs> the watering hole um wasn't there like a weird there was uh so okay what one thing at a time um <laughs> there <laughs> um 
Yeah. So I, I like at the time, yeah, I was very serious about my Christian faith. Um, and like, I think I thought that it was my decision to go to Liberty, but it, I, I kind of found out like later it like wasn't, <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah. Like you, like obviously like you were convinced to, and it, you yeah, were like made I, to think it was your choice. Yeah. And like, I, I think about, I was like, I don't think I applied to any other school. Hey, neither did I. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, was I, like, I'm almost like, what would have happened if I like didn't get in? Everybody gets in. So there was no concern. Yeah, there. I guess. Right. <laughs> What's your credit score? Yeah, we'll let you in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, white homeschooled fathers, a pastor. We'll even give you a scholarship. 500 bucks yeah. off. 500 bucks for <laughs> pastor dad. Yeah. Pastor dad. Was, was pastor dad, was he strict or I mean, did he have a lot? Did you grow up in a real sheltered home situation? Um, so th this is such a funny conversation because so where I'm living, I'm living in Indiana now. Um, I live in Indianapolis, right in the city. Um, but like meeting other Indiana, Indiana people, like I grew up in the East coast, obviously. And then I lived in New York for seven years. Um, but like, I didn't really know any other homeschool people. Um, or like conservative people. So depending on who I talk to, some to some people I have like, like I, I meet people and I talk to them and their upbringings are like really strict, like compared to mine. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. Um, you know, like no movies. Like what? <laughs> Just period. Uh, we yeah, were like no R-rated movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was very, yeah, my father, both my parents are pretty strict. I would say I grew up very conservative. Um, and it's, it's funny too, because I know Sam, you've talked about like growing up very conservative family, but like, to me growing up, like you were like the, like the outliers, like, oh, the, the ship, the shipments are like a little more of the world, <laughs> which is so funny because like, I mean, I, I, I know where that came from. And I think the line is really, it comes down to like. Um, it comes down to music and movies, right? Yeah, because it, it, exactly. That that's it. Like we could watch The Patriot or some shit, and uh, and you guys had Vid Angel or whatever the fuck that was called. <laughs> what was that thing? <laughs> that might have been it, dude. Curse free TV on the pilot yeah. of this show. I listen. It was I listened to the pilot, and like within the first five minutes, you were like, dude, I had this this one of our friends growing up. He had this yep. thing on his TV where it would like bleep out the swear words. I was like, motherfuckers talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, dude, the curse free TV. I eventually found out how to turn it off. Dude, that thing, it wouldn't even like, it would just take out words and then replace them with other like words. You it know, would replace it at the bottom of the screen. It would like cut the sound completely. Yeah. And then it would put like a, like a closed caption at the bottom and that would say like darn instead of shit or something like that. And my favorite one was in the movie ice age. Sid, the sloth says bon appetit. <laughs> and for some reason it bleeped that out and said hug <laughs> appetit. And I like, didn't even know what the word bone, like I didn't even know why <laughs> I was like hug appetit. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? What is a hug appetit? Why is I thought it, it was saying gonna, that went that? a different direction? I thought it was gonna like edit out the 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 just the teat. back piece of the teat, you Me know? Too. Yeah, <laughs> I was it, right. I was like hug appetite. I'm like what? And like I hug had to up like a breast. Yeah. <laughs> um. Or it would like inadvertently like make something like more racist or more horrible, like like fucking 
in Goodfellas when Robert De Niro's like, you motherfucking Jew, it would like say, you money loving Jew. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> that you're says like, a lot about uh, focus on the family yeah, and their like, editing choices. I, I, I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh like what? <laughs> but it's true that the, that, that being of the world, like, oh, that like, even when my brothers and I would talk about people whose parents were more strict or less strict, it's like you can either watch certain movies and listen to certain music or you can't. But like you guys were, you guys did a lot. Like you guys were super active. Like it's funny. Cause like when you think of strict parents, you also think of like serious by the book. Don't do that. Or you're going to get a beating when you're, but like you're like your dad was like always a like, super jolly, fun, loving, always looking for something fun to do. Like it was very involved as far as like at least when i was around and that's like so, so we kind of didn't fit the mold of what you'd expect for like maybe a strict what you would consider a strict parent yeah and i guess that's kind of why it's like weird for like totally like my parents were like athletic active like camping and sports athletics um you know all kinds of activities. Yeah. My parents were my dad, as you described him very well, very jolly. I don't think I've ever used the word jolly to describe my father, but that's like spot on. <laughs> he is jolly, <laughs> jolly pastor Mike. <laughs> um, he is super. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was more strict when it came to media and like, obviously like conservative ideology. And, you know, I have a lot of, you know, like things that looking back on that, you know, have like, like, I guess, systematic biases that were just implicit throughout my upbringing that like are even like still to this day, like things like come out of me. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Where did that come from? Yeah. It's you like know? that pro that leftover programming. That's just like, yeah, hasn't been defragged yet or something <laughs> yeah, still right. defrag things defragging yeah. isn't a thing anymore i don't think i don't think so but i know what you're talking about um, <laughs> um so yeah like with media and and like socializing very very like we yeah we did a lot of things we were out with a lot of people or like we were out doing stuff very active in general but like when it came to socializing like i you know like non-christian friends is was like not a thing um, even like non homeschooled friends, um, huh. you know what I mean? Or not like it was, it wasn't so much like, you know, like where would I meet non homeschool friends? You know, like kids on my sure. street, kids on my, I remember some, my friend, Anna growing up, Anna Catino, she lived, um, a few houses down, like we'd hang out. My parents didn't say, but like at one point it was like, I wasn't like allowed in their house and I was like, okay, we'll play outside. And like, in hindsight, I'm like, Dude, if I was a parent and like my kid was like allowed to play with this other kid, but they weren't allowed inside my house, like I'd be fucking like insulted. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. a little strange. And so your parents didn't want you going into their house because they didn't because your friend was a girl and they just didn't think it was appropriate. Is that what it was? Right. Total, total, absolutely a lesbian. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> well um, bet if well if they knew then you wouldn't have been allowed to hang out with her at all. Yeah, right <laughs> so yeah they'd rather it's like okay we'd rather him maybe stumble into the sin of premarital kissing but it's definitely not the sin of hanging out with a lesbian we can't <laughs> i'm just kidding i don't want to i feel it's weird I, can, I usually could feel like more comfortable throwing shade 
uh, when I don't know the person's parents. It feels a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like there was a weird uh, contradiction in in the way that we were taught some things. Like, uh, you know, like my my school books would talk a lot about evangelism and sharing the gospel with non-Christians and reaching out, witnessing to people and stuff. But we weren't really encouraged to talk to people who were outside the church ever. And if for, for instance, like somebody came to youth group that we didn't know, it was like everybody was meant was supposed to be like very friendly to them, but you were to like be cautious about getting too close to them because you don't know who they are and who they might, you know, what kind of habits they might have and stuff. It's like you can interact with people out there if you walk in in your school uniform, hand them a track and say, would you like to come to church, please? But that was it. Yeah, that's so weird, man. Especially like the that juxtaposition of to of encouraging witnessing, but also not letting you not even even visitors, dude. That one's blowing my mind. Visitors to youth group, because for me, it always seemed like it was it was OK. It was safer to get close if the unbeliever was the odd man out, right? Uh, if if it was like two Christian friends and one non-Christian, well, then we're working with a healthy balance, and, and the more Christians, the merrier. But if you're the if you're surrounded by a we bunch of we just have to always outnumber them. Yeah, it's it was like an outnumber <laughs> game. It was it, it, so like if you were surrounded by non-Christians, like that's when you start getting the warning messages. Like when I joined a band in high school, and all and it was me and Jesse who were christians and then three other kids who weren't that's why it was like whoa so you're in a band with people who aren't it not, it's not a christian band it's like no well my but my friend jesse's a christian and you know we're we're like we, also, we draw lines on I what we this, can and can't say it's i have like, this okay. sick abortion is murder shirt so i'll, oh, I'll also <laughs> <laughs> you, you had, yeah i you had to bring my t-shirt and bumper stickers yep well, I, I think I, like did I mention that before that the that the first show we played, I wore an abortion abortion is homicide shirt. I think I mentioned oh man, that. you you got him pinned on that one. Yeah, no, he's he saw the pictures. You could probably still find them on yeah. Facebook. But did you also still have the cornrow or the 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 beaded braids? Oh, that no, no, no. I that was only a little. That was a very short thing. That was Whoa, I went to. That I don't was, know that we've talked about that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, wait, oh is it because me. was it a missions trip? Maybe. Yeah, I went to Jamaica on a missions trip and came back with my hair braided and beaded. So that's had like actually, a Dolezal stage. <laughs> I'm sure that was cultural appropriation. Absolutely. Is <laughs> he? It would have been all better if it was like like a, a a a white missionary did it to you while you were in Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't that even was... pay a local. <laughs> Um, did I? It's a good question. I actually have no recollection of it. I would have forgotten about that memory entirely. That memory was lost until this conversation. So thank you. For That's that. what I do, man. It's out there <laughs> in the ether now. Yep. <laughs> I think so. I should say that was not official policy at our youth group or church. Nobody outright said that you shouldn't get close to people of the you know that are outside the church, but it was always kind of like implied. And I wonder like if part of that was, yeah, that's what we're picking up from some of the materials and stuff that we're, you know, going over and things. I think part of it too was we had such a close knit little group because we all went to school together and then we all went to church together. 
when someone new from the outside came in, I think part of that was also just like self-consciousness. Like we didn't feel like we knew how to act around kids from outside. Maybe they dressed, they, they had Abercrombie and Fitch on, you know, and it made oh, yeah, all the wasn't rest allowed of us in nervous. That store. <laughs> no, no, they had nipples in their catalog. They had ma- male nipples. Um, Which were only okay on youth group beach trips. Uh, right. Then guys didn't ever had to wear t-shirts in the water. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, Casey, I like what you said about it. Like it's not an explicit rule, but it's one of those like sort of understood assumptions. And I think that like, you know, ev- within evangelical Christian circles uh, is like, th- that's where like, you know, I've tried, I've talked to my parents about some of these things and I've tried and it's always kind of this like backlash of like, we've never said that. We never would have done that. I'm like, okay, just because you're not spelling it out in plain English doesn't mean that, like, I'm not imagining these kinds of things, you know? Um, and yeah, a lot of those sort of like unspoken rules, yeah, of not being it's able. It's weird how like some of those back up, like your negative natural instincts as a as a self-conscious teenager. It's like we've talked about with, you know, uh, homophobia, there those you know you can take passages in the bible to to mean that sort of thing but what's actually happening is people who are homophobic a lot of times are using that bible passage or whatever to you know reinforce their homophobia like yeah okay i don't i don't like people like that but i'm also correct according to the bible it's like <laughs> that's what we did as teenagers it was like I feel nervous and self-conscious around these people who are cool and not a part of our little group, but it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a good instinct for me to be nervous about them because who knows who they could be and stuff. You know, if they want to come over here and, and wholeheartedly join in and, and, you know, wear a matching polo shirt with us or something, then, you know, we can, we can talk a little deep. We can find out what video games they have. Yeah, trust is up in the air until after the altar call this evening. <laughs> right. Um, and then, because that's it. That's After that, it doesn't matter what you do. You're good. You're part of the crew now. You killed your wife. Who cares? Now you're being Once saved, always saved. That's, that's, my, that's my favorite term is uh, just anytime you call out poor behavior or anything like that, it's like, well, we're all in the process of being sanctified. Mm. Okay, Sanct- so that means nothing. And we're just saying things and making things up as we go. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm busy taking a long, luxurious, sensual bath in the blood of the lamb. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, so what'd you do after Liberty, Seth? Cause you dropped out of Liberty. Did you go home? You, I, you ended up going to college in New York, right? You mentioned being in New York. I just happened to have insider information that it was college. So I don't want to jump the gun here. Yeah, so I dropped out, took, I think, a year off. It might have been only one semester. And at that age, I was 20, like 19, 20. Um, so it might have been a full year. It felt like a long time. During that time, worked a couple of jobs, started experimenting with, like, acid and shit like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good time you know. for that. Yeah, you know, why not? Dropped out of Bible college and started working at a Dunkin' Donuts and trying lsd and smoking a lot of weed which at that point i was already like smoking a lot of weed um that i learned all that right at liberty it was awesome i found i dude i found a crowd very quickly of i was like yeah. that's the people i want to be um, Isn't that funny or they found how, me 
like I, I know people who are like, I want to go to Liberty. Or I, I want to get away from this stuff that I'm doing back home. And I want to go to a good place like Liberty. And what happens is most people don't really mean it. And they find the exact same people or they find that same kind of thing when they end up in an environment that thought would be like, but parents would be like, yes, Liberty, go, go, go. Because they have this idea that's that, that place. Uh, so I think it's funny that like immediately that what within probably a what a week or two on the dorms you're just like oh here we go this is these people are yeah. doing this and i'm gravitating in that direction like it didn't take yeah long. It, it didn't take long at all but like still simultaneously like you know th- like thinking critically and very seriously about you know uh biblical interpretation and application into my own life and my prayer life and my thought life and celebrate i was like you know that very classical two-faced dual life kind of a thing um which i i guess i probably still live i don't know um (laughs) and then i uh yeah so i took a semester or two off and then i went to another evangelical christian school um, that I also was made to feel like I had a say in, <clears throat> uh, only this one was wicked fucking expensive, um, and didn't have scholarship. It was Nyack college in Rockland County, New York, about three, yeah. tw- maybe 2,500 students. Um, Okay. I knew a kid who a homeschooled kid who went there after high school. I wasn't in touch with him at that point, but that was the first time I heard of. Nyack. Yeah. Naz- and- is that it? Naz- no, that's not a net. What kind of college is that? Or what denomination? Do, I'm, I'm trying remember? to think. I, I did know. And now I, 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 uh, I don't even know. I don't even know my alma mater. Actually, the college doesn't even exist anymore. So <laughs> yeah, dude, I went to a school that doesn't exist now. Oh man! I have student, friends that did that. I have student loans for a degree from a place that doesn't exist. Wait, you? Wow, there's no loan forgiveness for something like that. I know, right? Uh, federal. Um, they actually do have another campus in Manhattan, so it's not totally gone. But the is that a beautiful part of New York, overlooking the Hudson, gorgeous campus. Uh, met some great, great people there at Nyack. Nyack was much better than liberty um i actually don't really have much problem with nyack at all like from a you know from a lifestyle standpoint the you know people from new york you know totally different demographic you know like you know uh the the dean was a hispanic woman like that would not exist at liberty (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) only white men allowed for being in charge of liberty yeah (laughs) Uh, i mean if it works then (laughs) <laughs> it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> the broken can be cannot repair what does not need repairing. <laughs> um, so Ni- like my only qualm, with, well, I got into the music program at Nyack, to say the least. That's because their standards weren't uh, quite as high. Um, not a, it was, it was definitely one of those schools where like they knew they were small and they weren't about to like fail anybody. So you kind of like. I think you could probably get by with pretty much anything, um, which I, I now they don't exist. So they, they must've recognized their potential for no longer existing at that time. Yeah. Hey, if it works. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what was like your, so you knew you wanted to do music. What, what did you want to do with music when you were in college at either place? Did you have like a vision for what you wanted to do with it? 
Um, I don't even know what I want to do with music now. <laughs> um, so as a uh, when I went to Liberty, I if I'm remembering, I guess I wanted to be like a hip worship leader. Like I actually saw like these, you know, we like these churches that like I'm like, holy shit, you guys got fog machines? Like that's dope as fuck. And like, oh, your band's actually like kind of good, or you know what I mean? And I'm like, you all have awesome hair. You all wear super skinny jeans. You're all wearing flannels. You all look the same. You have the toms. You have the look. And like all the worship majors, there was like this weird hybrid because that's when like, you know, Christian metalcore was like at its fucking peak. And so like mm -hmm. every worship major, like the Venn diagram of like metalheads and worship majors, it was like the same. You yeah, know, it was overlapping big time. Yeah, totally. And then band, like, like it, you would always point out the bands you knew uh, who also did worship. It's like, did you know the singer for Life in Your Way did worship at his church on the weekends when they're not touring? And everyone's like, oh, <gasps> no way. Bro, have you been to a For Today show? It's like a church service. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we did a heavy metal version of How Great Is Our God. This is a, Somebody actually told me that. It was like, it was, sick. It was like <laughs> singing. Then it was like, yeah, yeah, you sick, bro. I'm like, holy shit, that shit must have been lifted up. I don't know. <laughs> But like, um, AVR covers literally everything. So they're like, yeah. everyone else is like, we can too, right? We should do that. Yeah. If everyone's <laughs> trying to be them. <laughs> um, and so I, I, if I'm remembering, I think that's what I wanted. I wanted to be like a hip guy who did music. And like, I, I don't, I, like, I actually don't even know. I, I, I truly didn't really have like a vision for myself. I just like, I didn't even know what being a musician was at that point. Like, you know what I mean? Like to be a professional musician, like if you had asked me, I would have been like, I just want to have like a room that's just got like, you know, music paper all over the floor and like instruments everywhere. And it's messy. And I just write music, which is exactly what my life is like right now. And I'm depressed as fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, careful what you wish for. Yeah. Like I, I basically what I wanted so here's weird. I guess essentially what I wanted is pretty much exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, so I wish I could go back and be like, no, nah, you should do something else. Uh, you or or you should, you should work. You should aim higher, Seth. Aim higher, Seth. It's never um, too late. It's never too late. I, I, yeah. Except for like now I'm having like knee problems and I realize that's something I'm just going to live with for the rest of my life. So it's like, I know I'm, that's like one foot out the door already. Yeah. It's, um, it sucks when things start falling apart physically. Yeah. For you. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I've been sore well, for the I past. I guess I'll, uh, <laughs> I guess I'll never, uh, be a mountain climber now. God, I was really <laughs> looking right. forward to that in my forties. Like, I wonder if, I wonder if, I wonder if basketball is still in the cards for me <laughs> at 30. <laughs> Dude, it is funny how like your uh your outlook on your childhood dreams like changes as you get older. Cause you know, I, I think if you asked like 10-year-old me like what I wanted to do when I grew up, I would have probably been like, Well, I don't care where I live. I mean, I just wanna I just wanna spend money on cool stuff. So I I don't care. I could live in a trailer, it'd be fine, but I want like uh you know, a big dog. I want like an old car in the front yard that I can work on uh, a trampoline. I'm going to listen to music super loud. It's like the, the <laughs> archetype of a white trash dude. Like I was basically like a spy. I was like, I know people like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So where did music take you? You got from Nyack. I mean, you obviously yeah. are have a career in it. So you do that for you. You become a music major at Nyack. Uh, what yeah. did that look like? I got so yeah. Um, when I by the time I got to Nyack, I decided I wanted to be a composer. Um, so at that point, my dream to answer Casey's question was to I guess like kind of the same thing, just like the second evolution. I'm like. I want to have like a bow tie, coattails, but have like full sleeve tattoos and a septum piercing and like conduct an orchestra, but like have hand tattoos. You know what I mean? Like, like basically the same like bullshit fantasy, just like sort of reskinned. Um, it's like trying to craft the identity, an identity that you don't. It's weird when you when you think about what you want to do and how you want to look while you do it. And it's like, bro. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I cannot believe how much I used to think about what I like physically looked like. Like I have not thought about that in, like until very oddly recently. Um, I, I had to update my wardrobe. Anyways, that's just yeah. beside the point. I'll um, get there someday. I, I, but it, I dude, pull I'm, my shirt out of my love handles for like the third time in <laughs> the last five minutes. There's no one here. <laughs> you can just slouch. I remember needing every piece of hair like perfectly placed though. And you check in the mirror every 15 minutes to make sure it didn't move or something dumb. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I don't even think I've seen my face in the past three days because I definitely haven't showered. And I <laughs> I brushed my teeth in the dark because I wake up after I fall asleep on the couch and uh, right. just stumble into my room. And it's like. I like wash my hair in the sink before I go to work because I didn't shower the night before or something. It's the, the only time I see my face is that horrible moment when you go to take a picture of something and the camera's facing the wrong way and you're like, ah, and you get it from that angle and you have the double chin looking down at it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you look like, you look like a bullfrog in an upskirt camera. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> just like that, harder. Oh, Am I drooling. <laughs> um. So yeah, I went to Nyack, got a degree in composition, just as useful as a Bible degree. Um, and uh, or I mean, a communications degree, I guess. I don't know. Do you work <laughs> in communications now, Casey? <laughs> yes, and it prepared me for it for sure. <laughs> yeah I, I i bet those uh those those mandatory tweet compositions in the newspaper print paid off um so i yeah went to and spent way too long in nyack trying to finish my degree i was working at bars and uh worked in like a nightclub um just bartending serving getting wasted all the time uh so it took me a while to graduate eventually did graduate lived there for a few extra years uh yeah just playing the started working for a music studio uh called rivertown music for this dude named chris who was like a former broadway singer super cool dude super cool studio um really gave me um you know kind of like helped me you know get my sea legs for like music pedagogy basically you know sort of paid nice. i like i didn't think i was going to be a music teacher like i had no I, I literally never planned on it, but like this girl I was seeing at the time, um, at the time I was seeing her who happens to still be the girl that I see is, um, <laughs> they set that one up. 
I, I don't I don't like how to I was like that's how do I say that? I was seeing her at the time and I'm still seeing her. It's like it's like Mitch yeah, Hedberg. Pretty familiar. <laughs> Wait, I it's would like say... that I'm like my girlfriend at the time, who happens to now be my wife, but she right. was my girlfriend then. I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mitch Hedberg. So yeah, good. the king. Um, so yeah, I worked that studio, built up, eventually got to a point where I had like a whole bunch of students, was teaching a lot, performing around uh, a little bit here and there, working on projects, um, you know, always doing something. Uh, then I was like, you know what? I want to get my master's. So up and decided, applied to a few different schools that I chose. <laughs> I chose so the you school. Think, you still think you chose those? Seth? <laughs> Those are implanted. Those thoughts were implanted. Dude, the funniest thing was I remember I was, dude, I'm so dumb. I remember I was like going through schools and I was just, you know, just reading for composition. If you're going to study music, it's all about, it's like the school is a good school, but um, I, you know, you like read the composition faculty. Like, do I want to, if I'm going to study to write fucking concert music, I want to make sure that the concert music being written by the person I'm studying with is something that I vibe with. And so I like found this school and it's like blah, 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 programs and music. I was like, great. I was, I was like, hey, Leanne, I was like, so I kind of narrowed my list. I was like, I got a butler, um, I got Oberlin, and I got Brigham Young. And she was like, what? I like didn't know what Brigham Young was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just thought it was just a school. She laughed. Um, Mormon Mecca, right? Yeah, I like, I like did. They have like a good music program, I guess. I, I literally didn't know that it was like a Mormon school. You don't Neither have to do. be Mormon to go there, do you? I, don't, I mean, I don't think so, but like, I, I don't care how good that program was. I was not going to go to like a religious <laughs> Mormons. Hey, maybe tell you actually what, you couldn't pick a cooler place to live because that whole area is awesome. Is it? If you like outdoorsy stuff, that is a really cool part of the country. Okay. Well, my life is just continually to pile on with mistakes I've made. Thank you, Casey. Indiana's also cool. <laughs> Nobody's ever said those words. <laughs> I've never been there. I don't know. What Indianapolis. It's about. Indianapolis is a cool city. I, I, I've ne- I've literally I've lived here for almost four years now. I've never even I don't even think I've left the city other than to like travel out. I've never like been. Well, I mean, like a little bit here and there for like work things, but not not really not not within. I couldn't um, tell you the name of it, but there is a pizza place in downtown Indiana. This is where pizza game took place. No, it's not Comet Pizza. But they have ghost pepper cheese you can get on the pizza. And oh my God, it's so good. I love that stuff. I think I might know. I'm trying to. I had some ghost pepper cheese at a place, but it was more like a. It's like a wing song. Um, so yeah. So went to Butler University. Great school. And uh, went to the Krakow Conservatory of Music in Poland, where I got stuck during COVID. Yeah, <laughs> to finish oh my, my degree. Um, so I thought I was going to be there for five months, ended up being there for almost a year. Uh, couldn't get home. Didn't speak a lick of Polish. Made a lot of bad decisions. Uh, drank a lot. Uh, it was uh, it was a, definitely a time. And did. OK, you were there for almost a year. That was the end of your degree. So you that's re- you only recently finished your your master's degree. Yep, just kind of recently finished it. Um, yeah, and now I work for the university that I graduated from. So I work for um, Butler University's uh, BCAS. 
program and I teach music and play music and write music and make internet music theory, these sort of esoteric memes, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> weird. I, like this is weird content. Yeah. It's strange. Um, it's you. It's on brand for you. And it, it's obviously resonating with a lot of people. I think it's cool. Uh, yeah. I actually, it was funny. Somebody like my cousin actually like sent me a video of mine. He's like, this made me think of you. I was like, Hey, this is me. <laughs> Your cousin. <laughs> like, no, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. So how did you start getting into that? Talk about that a little bit. And so you, well, actually, before we get into that, we'll save that for a little bit. We'll, we'll save that for the end. Um, so you, you said you spent, you were in Poland for about a year made some tough choices or made some bad choices. Um, I don't know if do you have any like awakening there. I don't know if there was like something that stuck out to you Dude, while you were I, stuck I in think, Poland during COVID. I don't think I was like awake fully like once. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So you weren't studying the whole time. You were literally just stuck in a room like Bo Burnham style. Just kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was meeting people. We were going out. It was like, okay. you know, a little a little uh, risky. I got involved with some pretty groovy people. Um, real like art collective kind of. So Poland is pretty like, um, I guess, polarized economically. There's pretty much like up class, upper class, and then there's lower class. There's not a whole lot. Uh, like there's a little bit of fringe on either side of each one, but like, you know, the disparity between, and so it, it's kind of like the super wealthy people, they like don't even live in Poland. You know what I mean? So like, it's a pretty, it's a, it's, it's not a wealthy country. So like, I was like a fucking rock star. I had so much goddamn money <laughs> because like every, like, it's like, I don't even, it's like, I think 20 something cents to the dollar. So like, you know, you go, you buy a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of vodka. It's like 36 zloty. That's like nine bucks. Not even. You okay. know what I mean? <laughs> so you can imagine what I did every day. Um, the the one thing that I, I guess I did sort of have an awakening. Um, I know I'm being a little using quite a bit of hyperbole here, but um, it was being stuck there. Like the, the on the, in the whole, I can't go into everything with the academic system. It's so totally different in other countries. Like it's, it's it's like weird. They're like, well, you'll be taking uh, 32 credits. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, what? I'm sorry. 32 credits in one semester. I'm like, that's like a whole fucking program. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, but like, honestly, the classes just kind of didn't even happen. Like so most of the professors, they just like stopped teaching. It was I couldn't figure it out. It was weird. Um, so I didn't do much of but it's on my transcripts. I I have a degree partially from this, <laughs> this school Fast. Flying yeah, colors. I, I guess um, is I was working with some artists there. His name was uh, Grzegorz Bugai and he didn't speak a lot of English. I obviously don't speak really any Polish, but like we realized very quickly that we had like a lot in common, like a lot of sensibilities, uh, like artistically and aesthetically, very similar interests and things. So we started and we were living together um, and we just started making these like sort of avant-garde absurdist movies, videos, like short films kinds of things. And I would like, you know, do the music for them. 
and he would like to, he was like a visual artist, a painter. And, a, and so he would do some graphic design stuff and we would just do all kinds of like, think kind of like old, weird, like Warhol Jack mixed with jackass kind of like, but with like a Eastern European flair to it. So, you know, like weird, kind of weird stuff. Um, you know, painting the ceiling with mustard and then like rolling in it. It's weird. Um, okay. <laughs> how do you roll on the ceiling? <laughs> yeah, it's just, dude, that's what I'm telling you. I was only half awake the whole time. Um, so art and- is what my church said it was. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a grant from the Clinton Foundation? <laughs> no, I got it through Erasmus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, 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 no, absolutely not. Um, and uh, yeah. And then from there, I, I realized I was like, you know what? This like, you know, I got into like electronic music. Um, a lot more so EDM music and, you know, more music production. You know, I was stuck. I had a shitty little Acer laptop. I didn't have like my whole studio here. So I just started being very resourceful with my materials. And, so, and I realized the Polish are very, very resourceful people um, because they, 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 there's not a lot of money there. And it was actually really actually pretty empowered. Like the Polish. I loved my time in Poland. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I kind of fucked it up. I, I still sometimes think that I like I squandered. I squandered my time. Um, but uh yeah and then it kind of got me thinking about just like i was like hey man like i've always been like afraid to like be myself you know what i mean just like you know but like there i would just like be myself and they're like like hey Seth, you're, this man is uh, so good for us now here it is like we're not uh, for all the time it's just for us you doing is so good and i'm like yeah affirmation i was like almost like i had never really experienced that and so it just encouraged me to um, that was my super racist Polish impersonation. You got the um, accent down, man. I mean, I, if you're listening, it sounds like a Polish person walked into your room and said all yeah. of that. So. We're all I, white I said, here. I used to. Yeah, <laughs> I have a funny story about that, but I, maybe not for the <laughs> this. Um, <laughs> um Yeah. And then so I was like, nah, just do what makes you happy. And if you enjoy doing it, you know, do that. And so I kind of took that. And when I came back to the States, um, COVID still in full swing. And I just started making like weird, I don't know, content, mostly music related. Uh, and then, yeah, like I, I made one particular, like I formatted a video. I, I would do all kinds of totally different things. And one just like went viral or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then like just kept making totally different kinds of videos. And then I was like, wait, what if I go back to that other video that I made and try that format again? And I did it again and it went viral a second time. I was like, wait, this can't be this easy. So I made a third one and then it was like, I was like, aha, I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> you cracked the code, man. Yeah, I cracked a, a temp- algorithm. It was a, yeah, it was a temporary thing, you know, and it got me a certain degree of like whatever online, you know, uh, invisible points or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like not money. I'll say that. <laughs> like, um those feel it's hard to monetize that weird internet energy like uh did you hear did you guys see the story recently about the the girl who was selling jars of her farts yeah yeah i have one (laughs) did you open it yet or are you keeping it for fuck you're gonna pass that that down to your grandkids yeah no i'm saving it for a a special seth solo time (laughs) (laughs) when you're in a really dark place (laughs) right 
next time you're like, I don't know, should I drink? I'll just whiff this fart. I'll just right. It's fermenting, <laughs> swelling. I put my jar of of Stepanka fart right next to my jar of uh, Belle Delphine bath water, and between the two, it's worth more than my Beanie Baby collection. <laughs> um, these are niche jokes today. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so now I, yeah, I guess I just, I just make, uh, weird internet content. I have a discord server, um, and, uh, yeah, it's cool and I like it. Um, it's, it's kind of esoteric content. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty niche. I'm trying to break into like, you know, find something a little bit more, uh, you know, relatable, but yeah, it's just something I do. Okay. So is, uh mentioned tiktok earlier is that one of your main like outlets do you have a, a following there yeah my tiktok at ivory tower content is uh i i actually I, that's kind of where i first got my start but then like i got banned for literally i have no idea why because my music theory was too advanced or something i <laughs> i don't know uh primarily i use instagram though yeah uh which okay. for my content um so you're making like outside the box avant-garde stuff. Great. So I follow this dude. His name is like Callan Schaub or something like that. And he's a painter and he puts a canvas on this like spinning platform thing. So it spins the canvas really fast. And then he's got all sorts of different apparatuses, like buckets of different kinds of paint and stuff that he he'll swing across the platform and it makes patterns and then it'll spin it faster and it'll sprout it's like this really cool thing and it's probably i think it's almost more of a of a a performance it's as much of a performance as it is like the end result of this painting and people love it like you got this huge following and stuff but there's just always this huge toxic contingent of people in the comments that are like this is an art i could do this a five-year-old could do this and especially if you know word gets out that he sold one of these paintings like he sold a painting to Miley Cyrus for you know who knows how much money and like easily like angry. 7 or 800,000. dollars It's <laughs> I don't know if it was that much but it was a lot probably. It was worth more a than high, a, jar a of high fart. profile sale like maybe maybe not that much. Maybe maybe not if he's if it's not if he's not like a sought after collector yet. If that was like his biggest gig was landing a painting to Miley Cyrus, he might have got like 80k for it then. If, if he's not I think like that's a, in the neighborhood. Okay. And um, and people are just angry at him. Like the same people who didn't think it was art. They are mad. And then there's also another contingent of people who like anytime it gets out that somebody's made some money off of what they're doing, they get really angry. Do you get that? I mean, has that happened to you? No, because I don't make any fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we check that off the box. <laughs> no. Um, no, I, I don't like my, I don't I'm not at a point where like my my content's like monetized really yet. I'm working towards that. Like that's like a that's like in my you know, this is all pretty new for me. Like this is like my second like year of doing social media stuff. Uh, and I think that like I hit like um I hit like a like a weird like I got a quick growth very quickly. Uh, and I thought that that was just going to go on forever. Like when I stopped get like I was gaining like three, four, five hundred followers every day. I just thought that was just like my life. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> fuck yeah. I fucking did it. And then when that you need to move to the hype house. 
Yeah. And then like when it stopped happening, I was like, what? Why am I being shadow banned? Why is that? I'm like, oh, no, dude. It's just like you're not that like it's it's okay. You know, so that was like an ego thing like a year ago. So now it's just like, all right, it's, you know, uh, and I take long, too long, like the content. I mean, you fucking know this. You guys podcast like you got to do it consistently. Like you can't just take time off like people need like I like disappeared for like a month and a half because I was just too goddamn depressed to do fucking anything. And I was just like, just got to go to work teach my lessons and just like bury myself. And it's like, it's like I never existed. And I was like, no, but my fault, you know what I mean? So it's like, ah, so you got to stay, you got to stay active and on it. And I like that. And that, that sort of comes with this like whole thing of like relish the community that you have and you built. Like, why am I so focused on gaining new followers and more? And I'm like neglecting the people that have already like contributed some, you know, like I have friends, people, I have meaningful relationships with some of these people on my discord and they've shared with me about their lives and I've shared with my life. And I'm like, what I'm putting strangers. I don't know before them. It's like, why? I don't know what, you know, um, it's like the opposite of Christianity and evangelism. <laughs> Dude. I, I like that a lot, man. It's true. Cause it, I mean, no matter what you do, as soon as you start putting yourself out there on social media with the intention of gaining a following, like there's, there's, it's, it's a weird thing to, to hold in your hands. Right. Cause you really want to, you do want to grow because you like what you're doing and it provides meaning to you. Uh, and same with Casey and I, like we absolutely love doing this for just over a year now. It's provided me a lot of meaning. It's given me a lot to uh, focus on uh, or prioritize. It just, it, I, like I, I've said before, I've never had a hobby. Uh, so having something to put my efforts and thoughts into something to think about outside of like what TV show I'm going to watch at night or uh, what video game I'm going to play is it's <laughs> refreshing in uh, the grind of it too is, is, is fun when you think about social media being, cause that's where most of your growth happens. Right. So like, that's tough, man. Trying to think like we, I can't post yet. I'm, I struggle with social media posting and trying to stay relevant. And there's, you know, you could fall into those algorithms of like, you'll see the same thing get reposted a lot. And it might be like other people are doing that and that's great. And they came up with that. And I don't really have an interest in like posting it or resharing it or whatever, but either way. Yeah. And a I lot like, of people that are sharing it are cool. And it's like, you don't want to, yeah. you know, we don't want to take everything that these cool, funny, witty people are doing and then just like puke it out as if it's, yeah. If and it they hasn't work hard been to, shared. And they work hard to curate that content. Um, so to like, try to like, just, piggyback off so so it's like selling yourself a little bit i don't love that feeling. it's a weird it's a weird thing because we got our discord going too and it's it's great i mean it's it's fun yeah i lurk i don't post but i lurk (laughs) you're a lurker i'm a lurker i'm a lurker it's fun to hear people's stories and and you know it's not the it's i'd like to we'd like it to be a little bit more active we've talked about that but like it's just a i mean even if it's a place for people to dump that shitty family gathering they had or that funny meme that they found or whatever it's yeah it's a place to put something where, you know, people understand you and that is, that's meaningful to me. Like the people who, who've been listening for six, seven, eight, I mean, that's been, who've shared it with their friends who, whatever. I mean, that's all, it's so awesome. I, I hear what you're saying. Wanting to be able to just take, not take that for granted and invest in the community. Yeah. That you've all- and it, you know, and it's, it's weird too, to think about like, you know, sort of these, like, you know, I guess they're called like parasocial relationships, like as content creators, 
Yeah. Um, but then once, but you like, you realize, like I had, I realized pretty quickly, like I had like a couple of months where I was like, quote unquote, TikTok famous. And like, I would like live stream and like hundreds of people watch. I'm like, yeah, like this is my life now. Like I already said, but like that tape, you know, that, that goes away pretty war, back to Warhol, right? Everybody in the future, everybody gets their 15 minutes of fame. Um, but you know, it kind of puts, it, it almost sort of recontextualizes your personal relationships. Um, my, uh, my, 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 uh, my sister for Christmas gave me this drawing. Um, I guess I don't have to show it. No one will see it. But um, and it was like, it's me. And it's like the emoji that I use. And it has my little slogan, art, music and the absurd. And it was like the first time that somebody in my family or in my friend group or anybody outside, uh, or excuse me, anybody within my like IRL community actually gave me something or showed validation to my content and it was like powerful you know i was like you know like yeah you know whatever i get like dms every day or whatever not like a lot but you know like you know people talk to me people engage with me you know it's like That's weird awesome. when i like res when i respond to like a dm and somebody's like oh my god i didn't think you'd see this i'm like i'm like what like i'm a person like <laughs> you know or whatever um and so so then like they're like it you know like i know that people like no, my none of my friends my family like nobody fucking follows my content yeah. you know and, and like i i'm okay with this i'm okay with family certain family members not following our content but i know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but and it just it does it sort of it it, it recontextualizes the way you think it but like is is it like a different kind of relationship how am i interacting with these people and that's why like i always sort of i like that's why like my content is like the ivory tower like i i, I envision it it's like a light cult like it's not actually a cult but it's like a church of like a school of absurdity you know a thought an embodiment uh, to explore, you know, a, but of inclusivity as a, you know, and it's almost like, am I, am yeah. I subconsciously building something designed to essentially be the antithesis of my upbringing? And for a while, I kind of thought that, but I realized it's actually, no, it's more of an idealized uh, version of what my upbringing is, is what I'm trying to do. Um, I, because I, I love that. I, I mean, cause I, I feel like Casey and I resonate with that too, not to speak for Casey. Uh, that because that's what people when people lose their faith, uh, or lose go the icon, whatever, even if it's just the one that they're a part of or the way they're a part of, it's so hard. The loss of community is so hard, and like that's what. So for you and what you're doing and building that community, and, and community was always the talked about focus of how we grew. Of course, it was on our ideals and on their standards, but th they, there was a lot of breath spent on talking about community and the importance of it, and I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah. And that's the, I guess that, you know, that's one of the, you know, I, I'm not one of those people, you know, depending on what stage of my life I was in, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, by virtue of chronology, I'm late stage Seth because anyways, um, <laughs> cause I have to be, <laughs> um, is that, yeah, like I'm not somebody right now who like resents. I don't, I, 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 there aren't a lot, there are some things. Um, but I don't resent sure. that. That's one of the good things, you know, exactly what you said, Sam, is that the relationships and the community aspect now, regardless of the toxicity within a given community, if it is still people oriented, and that's something that like my father has very much instilled in me, even though my father has a lot of beliefs that I strongly disagree with my father 
not he's you know very fundamentalist in a lot of ways but has always always been people oriented and that is something that i is prob that i admire most about my if there's actually one thing that i admire about my father it's his uh conviction and dedication to people now that's not to say he miss he doesn't mishandle it sometimes the same way that i sometimes mishandle things um but you know that's something that uh you know is weird when i talk to other like conservative like i remember the first time that like i met somebody who was like a conservative christian but like was an alcoholic or something you know what i mean or something like that and it's kind of like it's like you're like whoa what how and then and then there's like this dissonance there and you're like wait whoa, 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 how does that you know, kind of what we were joking about at the beginning, right? It's like, oh, no, but at least I'm safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to realize that there's, you know, there are people that are grow up very sheltered, conservative, and they have like shitty, shitty, shitty home lives. You know, like my home life was fine. Like I was, you know, I, I was privileged, you know, always food, always plenty to do, always something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that's one of the things, too, that... As you as you distance yourself from some of the aspects of it that that upset you or hurt you or whatever, you know, those types of things are what kind of give you some empathy towards people in that community. You know, when you stop looking at them like you did when you were a kid as like these idyllic um, people without the problems that people out there have, you know, and you start realizing that. I mean, they're just people and they have the same issues as everybody else and they're trying to work through them. Sometimes they do that in a crappy way, but like, I don't know. I think on the one hand, it it, it can make you really resentful and angry towards them, maybe for a period of time. It can also kind of give you some empathy for them. Like, man, I, I mean, they're just people. They're trying to do the best with what they've got. They're clinging on to this this belief system and stuff because it, it gives them hope or it makes them, you know, feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, whether that's eternal life or, or just like a way out of some of the, the things that they don't like about themselves or habits or whatever. But I don't know. And it, it also like helps you rethink some of the like self-hatred you had towards yourself when, when you realize that like, <laughs> you're not the only one who has like lustful thoughts. It, it, you start going, Oh, okay. Well, okay. So I, I'm maybe not as big of a piece of garbage as I originally thought, <laughs> you know, because pastor Tim also is a pervert. <laughs> and whoever that youth pastor is, what was his name? <laughs> the one with the passion for the youth. Yeah. yeah. The, with the ever growing passion for youth. <laughs> That's right. That big uh, throbbing uh, passion. I know. <laughs> just a swelling desire to to touch the lives. I, I, I care less and less for him. Yeah, he's not my favorite guy. <laughs> so, What's so a, where are you now? Like, where, yeah. what is faith wise? Like, where did you end up? What do you feel like now? I mean, are you are you happy a, with where you're at? I tried to become a Scientologist. Turns out you have to be rich. Mm, bummer. Uh, what's that is next? a uh, else gatekeeping institution. I feel like there's something similar to Scientology. Jehovah's Witness. Uh, that's similar. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to that's have money. You just fun. need a little bit of time. You need a little <laughs> bit more time. Uh, you can't. 
go door to door in an entire neighborhood in an afternoon. So, um, Brigham Young wasn't built. That's not the wait. No, that's the Mormons. Mormons are great too. Uh, more, yeah, Mormon. come on, man. Um, so you know, my my it's it's so funny because like in my in my adult life, I have now only been surrounded like I, I don't i'm not around church people at all ever i don't have you know it's so it's funny like i'm like by far like my friends think of me as the christian i'm the spiritual i'm the christian amongst and like you know but then like Christ, evangelicals fundamentalist christians like absolutely not you know what i mean um and that's uh, that's like a cliche but that you know and it's funny that like i'm by far the most like spiritual person um, but like, sure, I believe I believe in a God. I believe in God, whether he, she or they are like, a, I, I believe in creativity um, and I believe that the universe is far too clever of a place full of deep, deep irony um, and deep, profound beauty uh, and. I don't believe that such profundity and beauty can be found in just random chance. Um, and then because if it can, that's like even more funny and that just makes it more clever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you know, you know, some you know, I, I like if I, but if I explain this to a, uh, to, to a, a Christian, they're like, Oh, you're a, the- a theistic evolutionist. I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, like I think the Bible's cool. Uh, I think it has good things to say about the world. I think it's I think it's just like anything. It's a you know it's you take what you you, you know what I mean. You you can manipulate anything to be anything. Um, I think that all like I guess a, maybe a universalist. I'm not like a Unitarian, but you know like all gods and all what like how come all over the world every creation story and every flood story like everybody has a flood story everybody has a creation story they're all kind of oddly similar <laughs> like um yeah i'm not it's like, like an- uh, it's like almost like some there it seems obvious that a catac- cataclysmic event sort of happened and everyone was just trying to make sense of it within their belief system like oh we think this and this is how we understand the world and this is what we think our relationship to the higher powers are so we're gonna write it like other people. The younger, driest meteor impact. Yeah, <laughs> and then other people write it, and you get Genesis. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, it. You find those similarities for sure. Um, and I'm also somebody who, like, I, I guess I sort of embrace my culture in the sense, like, I was raised Christian, um, and so therefore, the rituals that bring me peace probably look more white Western and Christian by nature. And I figure that if I grew up in India or somewhere else in the world, I would subscribe to its respective religion all the same because it's like the, the chance and random that I happen to be an American and grew up in a Christian household is just as likely as me growing up to be a Hindu or a Muslim. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of like, I find comfort. Like sometimes I go to church. I, you know, I like hymns. I like, I like music, you know, um, I can, I think my, the very few times that I have like, ex, uh, I guess, spiritual experiences would be musical experiences. And that's again, that sort of connection to a creativity that is so much bigger than 
like the human consciousness. But honestly, that's also not to say that like I obviously believe in extraterrestrial life because the universe is too fucking big. And I think Christians who say that there's no alien life are fucking stupid. <laughs> like why, if there is a God, why would he not or they not create other life? Like that's dumb. It's so small. Because space isn't real, bro. Yeah, exactly. That's to and me when just... people say <laughs> that alien life doesn't exist. It's like space an illusion. Just a big purple ceiling. Uh, <laughs> it sounds so. It sounds like what you're saying is like that through that you could have easily been born somewhere else and had a different framework. Of this I get. You're put, saying like creative force uh, or. I guess a div- whatever that divine creative force is, uh, and that because of where you live and how you grew up, uh, you still you find yourself com- it's comfortable for you to use the those the um, the language, the metaphors, the trajectory as your backdrop for con- would that force uh, is that kind of- yeah, but only privately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like it's almost, it's like, that's my, that's my template. You're like, sure. Like, I'm not going to reinvent a whole new set. I mean, I might as, you know, if I was that creative, I would just write my, I would just make up my own religion, you know, fill in the blank. It's like a Mad Lib. (laughs) Religion is just the ultimate Mad Lib. Just like fill in like, you know, enter creator, enter creation. You figure out the rest. Um, (laughs) Like it. After Metachlorians fit in there somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, I might as well be a fucking Jedi. I don't know. Um, people do so make that's, the Christ type parallels, man. Actually, Christians do that with everything. Christians will always Christians point love out. that liberty, Finding God, re- and Lord of the Rings. Finding yeah, that's the like, oh. right. Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, Harry Potter. No, sir. Why yeah. isn't she a Christian? No, no. There I, was there I, was. <laughs> what's so funny about them not using Harry Potter? We just rewatched all the Harry Potter movies with my kids. They're probably too young for it because they're four and six. Uh, I don't know that it was a great decision parenting wise but it happened and they love it so but it's funny because we get to the end and i'm like oh this is fascinating it's like oh spoiler alerts everybody if you haven't actually read or watched all of harry potter maybe you should tune out for him but (laughs) where have you been uh also harry potter's canceled so i obviously hate it and i shouldn't have shown it to my kids and that's my big sin sorry about that to everybody who's on that side of the fence i'll just pander for a moment uh but Harry Potter's like his whole thing is to sacrifice himself at the end. Like his his it's like he has to die. Heresy, to Sam. It's heresy. And then and then he but then he doesn't actually die. <laughs> he comes back in some way. And you're like Like Anakin Skywalker. It, like Anakin Skywalker. And this is why Christians will never be they'll never stop being able to connect to God. Also, you will also make the connection. That's well see, everyone loves that story. You make Neo in the Matrix. People love Christ types, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say that Liberty had the the I forget the one philosophy professor who did the Matrix, but it was like the edited version of the Matrix because you know no R rated movies at Liberty. Definitely, you got to watch out. I don't. The Matrix is not even like a. That's like a soft R. That's as soft R as it gets. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was fine. I had to like eventually just like go and watch those. Mo- I honestly, I watched The Matrix for the first time probably only like two or three years ago. <laughs> no way, that's yeah, wild dude. to me. I- and it was just like bad special effects. I was like, oh, I missed. I- it was like it was too late for me. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> that's a I-, I was like, ah, I fucked it up. It it definitely was one of those. It was like a cultural moment. 
you missed it. I feel like Do- I could. There's a handful of movies that I feel like like uh, or uh, what's the HBO show? The fantasy show, Game of Thrones. I'm. I feel like I missed it. I don't really care. I'm never, ever, ever going to watch. It's a good show, but I won't watch it. Yeah, I'll take. I believe it's a fun you. Show. Lots of flopping dicks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yep. I'm in. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's. It's, you know, it's funny. There's so many things that you could we could unpack and go through this, but it's, I don't know. Like no. you only res- have an hour. It's only an hour and a half. It's hard to. Uh, I do you, we, we unpack someone's entire life and the way they understand it and uh, reflect on it. It's, it's it's a big feat, especially with all the rabbit trails we take. Uh, good at deep. So. Yeah, I came I came in with like some key points I wanted to touch on. Didn't get to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> want to rapid fire off the bullet points and <laughs> yeah, I just want to say that um, I for a short time was a racist, and that's because of Liberty University. And again, it was one of those things that was like, I was not explicitly taught. Um, uh, like they didn't say like, oh, this and that. But like, guess where I learned how to be a racist at a race college yeah. <laughs> university. <laughs> um, I remember uh, that I thought gay people were just going to rape me. <laughs> OK, well, we're really coming out swinging. Turn the, the no, man, I. They're like, you know, growing, like not being like, I, I'm, I have a suspicion that I'm just like, I'm just like a, you know, again, like, like missing the matrix, a cultural thing. I'm pretty sure that I'm just like a closeted homosexual and I just have to live my life like that for the rest of my life. Like I'm just, that's your penance. I, yeah. Like I, I think I like, I, I'm not like sure. Like I, I, I know I'm definitely like queer, but like. I'm like, I'm pretty convinced. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I was born gay. And I just like, I just like, nope, sorry. <laughs> you just squashed it down so much. Look, this, yeah, I, we can, let's get you in um, whatever the opposite of gay conversion therapy is. The gay agenda. Let's get you involved. Yeah. In the, <laughs> throw you we know people now. Knee deep in the gay agenda and they'll help you. <laughs> um, But no, man, I, I, I'm really glad uh, to take, have this opportunity to chat with you guys and talk. I really appreciate you. Uh, having me here man this has been wicked fun yeah definitely this was a blast for me man it's been great catching up uh, oh sam so long i forgot to, uh, i yeah i owe you 50 dollars. what <laughs> yeah i remember no i remember this could be true i i forgot sorry i f- i wrote it down so i remember to tell you at one point when we were camping in acadia national park both of our families went I told you, I was like, dude, I'm going to live in a campground for a year. You were like, no, you won't. I was like, yeah, I will. I was like, I bet you 50 bucks by the time I'm 30, I will have at least lived one year camping. <laughs> I got a newsflash. I have not done that. <laughs> I can't believe you. I mean, you made dude. that promise as a homophobic racist, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a different, that was a different time. Um well, I'll, I'll get you my Venmo. Uh, yeah, I'll hold you. Was to like, it. How was the How was the podcast? It was cool. I actually, I, I'm out fifty bucks, but it was cool. <laughs> Maybe we should start charging our, all of our guests fifty bucks to be on. <laughs> I said they that haven't lived in a campground. <laughs> no choice. We have integrity. Integrity camps. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And Follow we'll me. See you next time. Oh, oh shit! Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Let me plug myself. That's right, I'm all over it. I'm gonna do it. I already did earlier on when we were talking about. Yeah, you follow no, me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at Seth is David. 
If you like weird music memes, most of them are songs. You like weird. If you just like art, music, and things that are absurd, follow me on Instagram. Join the Discord. Hang out. We'd love to have you. Or on TikTok, at Ivory Tower Content, I think. I forget my TikTok <laughs> handle. Well, we'll uh, you can send it to us in the show. Yeah, we'll put some links in the description. Love it. Thanks All a lot, right, dudes. everybody. Yeah, thanks for being here, and uh, we will see you next time. <laughs>